Hey everybody, another new episode of the podcast. Uh, so the usual stuff, go to iTunes, subscribe uh, on your podcast app, on your phone, uh, any other vehicles that you can do it. But if you're on iTunes or the Apple uh, the Apple platform for podcasts, do me a favor and just leave me a review. That That's super helpful. It really boosts the podcast a bunch if you leave some reviews. Hopefully five stars. Hopefully you like the content. But, uh, you know, no pressure. Be honest. Then um, Spotify, uh, all the all those places. Podbean that hosts my, my site. You can host my uh, podcast. You can go get me there. And then, as usual, Instagram at Average Joe's Beer Podcast. You can follow me there. Do a lot of posting there. A lot of cool stuff coming up. I got some stuff coming up with the Pink Boot Society on a brew day. We've got Whiskey Hills going to be on the show soon. Mars is going to be coming down the line here. Um, down the road, we'll have Dry Hop on. So we got a bunch of cool episodes coming up. And I'll be on a, I'll be on like a small panel with uh, the Shy Beer Guy, Brady Potts. You guys might know him. I'll be on a small panel in the next couple, couple of days here, uh, maybe in about a week or so, doing a kind of a, they calls it the pit. So check that out. Um, and then, you know, the usual stuff, just go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, interact, comments, do all that stuff. Send me all kinds of nonsense, tag me and stuff, untapped at JoeBob41, same on Twitter. So this episode was, it's a part two, it's it's a follow-up. So it's been about a year since I uh, sat down with, who's now a friend of mine, John Brand. Uh, I call John Brand for basically like life advice at this point. He's just He's just awesome. Just a good dude. And the king of the South Side over there. So Open Out Cry, part two here. They've uh, recently moved on to a new brewer, uh, Will Gobieski, who just did awesome things there, getting them started and getting them rolling. Uh, he's moved on to another career path, and they brought in an OG, Will Turner. Um, a lot of people in the beer world know him. He's got so much experience. Uh, he's going to do great things over there at Open Outcry. So we got to pick his brain along with John's, and we had fun. We had a fun two-hour podcast, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So head out there on the south side, get yourself some uh, some pizzas, some food, and some of that awesome beer. A uh, bunch of speculator. They got some new tanks coming in. You'll hear us talk about that. So give them a little more capacity, get a little more beer out to the people. Great guest taps, all of that. Great atmosphere. Place is just awesome. Can't say enough about Open Outcry and the hospitality of one John Brand. All right, here I am, surrounded by greatness once again. John Brand, third time on the show, baby. How's it feel? Uh, it feels great, buddy. Nice <laughs> seeing you. It feels so good. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you guys for doing it. Now we got we have uh, instead of the one-on-one like we did last time, we've added that uh, we've added something else to the pot here. So uh, once you introduce yourself, Will. All right, happy to be in the mix with everyone. Yeah, we're happy to have you. My name is Will Turner, and I am now the brewer here at Open Outcry on the South Side. Dude, Will Turner. Will Turner. I mean, like the name. The name is like in the beer world. You know that, right? I mean, I it's ha- probably weird for you to know that, but. <laughs> well, I've been part of the brewing industry in Chicago for 17 years now. Yeah. Or in, in April. In April, will be 17. And then prior to that, I spent some time out in California as well. So, you know, going 26 plus years in the industry. 26 plus years. That's OG a- as, as a brewer. As hell. And prior to that, I worked in retail. So I was not 21 yet. I couldn't work in a brewery, but I actually was home brewing and working at Liquor Barn out in California. So oh, I got to talk about Chimay and Sam Smith's and all that to people, but I technically could not drink it yet. Technically, technically speaking, is what you're saying. But it's funny though because I always have this thing where where I 
like if somebody comes and talks about a beer to me or something like uh, let's say like zombie dust or like a, like a pipeworks uh you know Day, uh, Ninja versus Unicorn. I'm always like, yeah, they've been making that beer forever. And then you think of like relativity of that. Let's <laughs> be like forever. It's like oh, right, eight right. years, you know, to, to think that you've been brewing beer for 26 plus years in the Chicago craft beer scene. Well, and actually, I saw someone post on Facebook recently about cracking an old Thomas Hardy's, you know, a vintage from the late 80s, early 90s. And that's one of the things that I did early on was I would buy a four pack every year drink three of them and put one aside. So I still do have a couple late 80s, early 90s oh, Thomas geez. Hardys at, in no my kidding. cellar. No kidding. That's like, that. you know, see, I, I'm so I, I'm new compared to that in the craft beer world. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've been in craft beer for well, not a long time, but, you know, seven, eight years. Yeah, we were uh, still wearing diapers 26 was, years yeah, ago. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. Hey, I'm 35 now. I just turned Are you 35. really? I just oh. turned 35 last yeah. week. Yeah. Getting up there now, man. Getting up there, feeling OG, feeling OG gangster. So yeah, open outcry. Um, this is this is like I don't want to call it part two. This is just like open outcry revisited. We're almost a year from the last time you and I sat down, John, and uh, so much has changed. And I mean, you guys were like ten months old, I think, when we sat down. It was somewhere uh, in that ballpark. Yeah, it was late winter, early spring last year. I think we were seven or eight months old at that point. We opened in July of 2017. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. You weren't. You weren't that far in, but uh, stuff's going pretty well. It looks like uh, <laughs> we feel pretty fortunate with how things are going. Uh, we're we're crowded most nights. Uh, we're we're expanding production capacity. We're growing the footprint of the of the seating area. We're opening up a rooftop this spring. Um, we feel pretty fortunate and. Um, and we, we hired Will a couple months ago. So hey, you went from Will to Will. And we went from Will to Will, yeah. Went from Will to Will. Keeping it easy for him. Keeping it easy. That's the only reason he hired you. you know the difference that? the yeah. difference being one letter. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You only got a single L, don't Will you? Will Gobieski had two L's yeah. and Will Turner. Interesting story why, but he spells his name with one L. Uh, that is a pinball-related issue. Wait, what? So when you get a high score in pinball, you get three letters. And if I put WCT up there, no one would know who that was. But if I put WIL, people would be like, hey, that's Will. So that's initially initially how I went from spelling it with two L's to one L. You just decided, this is me now. This is what I do. I'm I'm Will with one L. Trying to own it. Now, John, I heard you just gloss over opening up a patio. But right now, you can currently live hashtag dome life on that very same rooftop that's going to be... So the, I want to hear about the domes. Right. So we uh, in the in the fall we started. It was late late summer, early fall. We started construction on the rooftop beer garden, which we had planned for with the original uh, build out of the space. We had um, two years ago when we did the rehab, we installed all the structural on the first floor, hoping that we would be in a position one day to uh, expand up and put a rooftop. Uh, I was hoping we were going to start that project at the beginning of the summer. And like many things you do in the city of Chicago, things slip. I was going to say, do timelines, don't they always work out? I thought that was an easy thing. Yeah, it slipped a few months. So we started uh, mid to late summer, finished in November. uh, And actually it was our general manager, Lindsay Landing. She had this idea. She's like, you know, City Winery downtown on the river has those those domes, those um, heated... Uh, heated domes. Why don't we think about it? Looks doing like that? a half a golf ball just sitting there. It looks like or, half a golf ball. Yeah. And it was a no brainer. So we ordered them. We literally ordered them that day. They were delivered, set them up. And we've been doing them all winter. And, and, and our guests have been having a ton of fun in them. They're, 
they're heated. Uh, we have Bluetooth speakers in there. Um, uh, it's it's aesthetically it's it's fun to be in. They, it looks nice, especially when it's snowing or Look raining. At Western Avenue, man. Look at yeah. Western Avenue. Yeah. It's it's been a lot of fun. I, I think our I think our customers and guests the last three months have really enjoyed them. They're coming to an end though. We're taking them down on March fifteenth to prepare for the Southside Irish Parade, and then after that, we're just going to open up the deck. Yeah, as a rooftop cool. beer garden. Yeah, I remember seeing the plans when we did the uh, Southside episode when the, with the you and Mark and everybody. You had you had like a mock up of what it was going to be. Yeah, and it was kind of mind blowing looking at it. It's it just kind of like a timeline that just moved fast. You know, you had this place and opened it, and you started to get business, and then boom, all of a sudden there's like this addition going on to the rooftop. Uh, the one thing I was going to ask about though, since we are like in the middle of like literally the windy city at this point. Um, did bro, the domes take damage? Bro. Did the domes take <laughs> no. damage? That's all I want to know. Uh, I came, like, yeah. So I came in. We had reservations. Yet yeah, today's Monday. The the windstorm was yesterday Sunday. Um, I came in yesterday morning, and they were completely shredded. Oh, so, Jesus Christ. so we had to cancel the reservations yesterday. Uh, and we've been on the phone all day with the manufacturer trying to get some new covers overnighted to us. That's rough. And that's, so that's dome life. Yeah, I was going to say dome life. It seems luxurious, but you don't know about dome life. You don't know dome truly, life until you live. So you truly life. live dome life. It's been it's been good. Um, most importantly, everyone's been having a lot of fun. Can you just like I'll go up there and use them, or is it like a, is it's like a pre book it type thing? You pre book it. Okay. You pre book it. We used Eventbrite. The two of them. Two. Of them? There's two domes, right? They each seat eight. Uh, you use Eventbrite to make the reservation. There's a reservation fee, but that entire fee gets applied towards your bar tab. I feel like Eventbrite does everything. Eventbrite, you can like get, do anything for it. You can buy bottles from places through Eventbrite, and you can do domes from Eventbrite. You can buy concert tickets. Pretty sure you got to book like toilets in certain places. I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> like Eventbrite really does everything. No, the dome, the dome life is a kind of a cool concept. Uh, it's just something that's unique, and it feels like that's what you're always looking for. Uh, when I walked in here today, I noticed uh, a new addition, and I think you mentioned something about new tanks coming in. Now there's a garage door. So, Will, as your new uh, space is invaded by a new, I don't know, they had a, there was a hole in the wall, right, for a little while? They did have it open to the public, and there were a number of people who just walked back into the brewery and started talking to me. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so, bro, so we got through without, without anyone getting injured. Yeah, no lawsuits. All that's good. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you hear all those sounds and compressors and things firing off. You never know. You never know. So people just wander back there. It used to be kind of like a fishbowl thing, right? You can just kind of there's yeah. a piece of glass and you can just so that wall look was, into there. That space was a big uh, pane of glass, and uh, this idea of putting a garage door there was something that we've been talking about for a while. We're taking delivery of two uh, two more fermenters, if not next week, the week after. So we had to open up. We had to open up that wall anyway. So we figured, well, the hell, since we're doing it, let's let's just put the glass garage door in now. So that that was just finished today. I think it looks really nice. The idea is, um, you know, we, we want to do occasionally brew on a Friday, Saturday night when the when the tap room's rocking and rolling. And uh-huh. we thought that would provide a really nice customer experience where um, where, where they could see us brewing in the back and and see it and smell it and hear when it. You say us? Do you mean Will? We'll just get, well, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just get the kidding. velvet rope just so they there stay on that side. I can. I'll be the doorman. You pay. I'll just stand there with the clipboard. 
Let's see if Will will let you back there or not. Uh, but it looks nice. I mean, we're looking right at it right now. I think it turned out really nice. It, yeah, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. It was really loud when he was putting it in. It was. It yeah. looks like it was worth it. It looks yeah. like it was worth it. Well, it's going to make it nice and easy, right? I mean, is stainless, is, you said 26 years brewing beer, is stainless exciting to you still? Or, or is it just hold oh, on absolutely. anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many brewers I talk to are just like, dude, getting new stainless is just like new toys, new, you know, that kind of feeling of just like, yes, got something coming in. Oh, yeah. And we've had this 15-barrel serving tank for a while. And to get those two fermenters in and be able to keep the speculator rocking and rolling, getting it proper maturation for the cream ale, get it proper lagering, cold conditioning for that beer is going to be going to even pick it up even more. Now, as soon as you as soon as you kind of walked in the doors and got yourself settled, were you were you kind of like, okay, what can I do to to just tweak or or, or make it you know ideal or like it was something like the speculator that that's been made you know here for. Was it when you opened you had Speculator? Yeah, yeah, it was one of our first beers we brewed. So what was the thought process for you walking in right away? Like, do I change this? Do I perfect it? Do I, you know, what what were you thinking? Well, if there are things that are good and work, then you move on from there. So um, there's no sense in changing something that is well-received and people appreciate. So what you do is you take the things that are good, you tweak a few of the things that need improvement and then you add things to that so you want to just have that nice base for your beer pyramid and then work from there pyramid. <laughs> the pyramid but yeah there were there were a couple of tweaks uh, in that trying to get a few beers uh, more stylistically where they should be in terms of bitterness or hop character some of that kind of stuff um, yeah there's always things that you can tweak and there are a number of recipes that I've added and I've already got my notes for the next time I brew those beers. You know, well, that's got to be the big. I've, thing, I've yet right? to brew a perfect beer, yeah. so I'm constantly <laughs> really? tweaking Really, all this time, things. yeah, and you still no, haven't never brewed, brewed a perfect, perfect beer. beer. I know that's that's the so. thing, right? It's like you're just constantly chasing that uh, that dragon, chasing the dragon. That's a heroin reference, isn't that, it? That <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> believe it. I just made a heroin reference, guys. I think that's the first time on the show. Um, no, I, I I always wanted to look at it from that perspective because my first thought is to just ask you about the other 26 years before this one like like what led you to this this space i mean where 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 did you start out and and what was that experience like and how did that get you all the way back to like a smaller local brewery well i worked at a i worked at a few places out in california out in santa cruz uh started with seabright back in 92 and at that point i was just working part-time liquor barn part-time seabright moved up a couple people left i moved up uh went and left and helped to start English Ales in Marina, which is Monterey, uh, California, right there on Monterey Bay. So did that for a little bit. And one of the nice things about that transition was that I knew that I was going to have a little bit of downtime. So my wife and I, I sold my little Honda Civic and we got a Ford Explorer and we traveled the U.S. And oh so shit. we started out. All we did was just, we started out at the uh, Women's World Cup final in Pasadena in 99. Oh, that was an epic game. (laughs) It was hot. (laughs) I'm so glad I wasn't playing (laughs) because we were already sweating our butts off in the the stands. So, yeah, one of our our friends, uh, Christine Lilly, played for the women's national team. So, you know, we went down there and we actually made a beer for that. And that was the midfield of dreams. And so it was because Christine Lilly played midfield. And then we actually were playing pickup soccer with, with uh, Julie Foudy's 
family out in the parking lot oh my God. Um, before that game. So and I I brought a keg down, you know, and we all drank together, and so that was that was awesome. But then we went from there up to Seattle, out to Cape Cod, down to Florida, and finished up at GABF. Oh, no uh, in Denver, so all what we did was. Frame was that like how how just how we just long? had a cu- we had a couple of months, just a couple of months, and so, so all we did, did all we, we hit we hit breweries, we played disc golf, and visited family and friends. What how year was this? Yeah, how, 99 You said ninety nine. So how old are you at that time? Man? It, yeah, I mean, I don't want to date you if you don't want to date it, but you know, I'm just just curious. Yeah, thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, so thirty one. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's a hell of an adventure. I mean, it's so you you guys are hitting breweries and everything along the way as well. So are you kind of taking note of like what's going on here and how can I dial this into something I'm doing or like did you find inspiration in that too on the beer side? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. And and that's actually one of the terms that I've coined over the years is is liquid inspiration. And so it's when you go and you drink other people's products and then you get inspired, you get ideas and that inspires you to kind of try new things as well. So at that time, like when you're visiting these places, did you have access at some of these places? Like maybe you got to randomly like meet the guy that's brewing for them or like meet a brewmaster and just have the conversations with them or you're just tasting the beer like any consumer and moving on? Well, at that, at that point, it was a much smaller industry. Right. So uh, you could walk in. And, and having worked as a brewer, you don't just... W- run back into the brewery and say hey you know you don't cold call people yeah you know you just hang out at the bar you taste some stuff if their beer isn't all that good then you don't even talk to them <laughs> but if organically it so kinda, but you, know, you get to say hi it, but if if their red ale is amazing you want to say hey is the brew around i really want i'd like to yeah. tell them that his beer is awesome yeah. and then but get some ideas from there yeah, because I always hear that now talking to the guys, you know, with all the growth that we've had in the last, you know, I don't know what time frame you want to look at it, seven, eight, four years, two years, you know, whatever. There's been jumps in all these little pockets, 2014, 2016 and that. But they always say, you know, you used to know everybody in the industry. Like, you know pretty much all the Illinois brewers, you know, specifically for the local. And now it's like, you know, these regions of them. You know, it's kind of shot off a little bit so i mean it's got to be a different world in 99 yeah well and i've been on the board of directors for the illinois craft brewers guild for a while and i still can't keep up with all the places just in (laughs) in chicagoland it's crazy so i need to get out and about a little bit more well that's you're at open outcry that's why you don't need to go anywhere else right john (laughs) (laughs) so when you're after this this trip and that you're starting your new gig you're still in california right so yes so i helped start english ales and we, the guy that I worked for got a licensing agreement from, that, a, bre- from a brewery in England. Was that San Diego? Where was that? No, that was in uh, Monterey, Monterey, basically. Okay. It's in Marina. Okay. So, and so it's, that's where the old Fort Ord was. And so that's where Cal State Monterey Bay went in okay. uh, to the old Fort Ord. So he opened up a place there. Um, but because we were doing brews under license from a brewery in England, it was Hampshire Brewery. And that was in a town called called Romsey, so I got to go out and train at that brewery, and that's where I learned proper cast conditioning and all that. So my wife and I got to go uh, stay in England and brew out there. Okay, could you go deeper on that? For some people may not understand what you're saying, though. So you're saying you're brewing you're brewing recipes from this? Is that what it is? So yes, there was a licensing agreement with Hampshire Brewery in England, and so we were brewing their beers under license. And so I went out, learned how they did all of their beers, came back, 
experimented with a few different yeast strains, did some test brews, had the brewmaster fly out from, uh, from England and taste everything. He gave us a thumbs up that they were good representations of their product. Okay. And then I just brewed their beers. So is that sold under their brand still, or is that sold under the new brand, the English? We, uh, we had it. We, the beer names were the same. Okay. And okay. then you know, we were just English ales. That's, a, that's another interesting thing. You're seeing, you're seeing some movement in that, too, of people trying to bring the normal beer consumer now, like some of that cask stuff. I mean, because I don't think that's a, a thing that people really understand, at least like your common beer consumer doesn't get the cask thing. That's fascinating to me. I've seen like a, the Ferkery and some other like the institutions around here are trying to kind of bring that cask to your local bottle shops and tap rooms and things. I was um, just going to ask, are you, have his crafted, have you all crafted been nope. tiptoeing into this at all? We no? we have been offered a, a, a night from the Ferkery, I believe. Uh, I don't think we scheduled with them, but I know Iron and Glass has done it over in Romeoville. They've yeah. had them in they're, to bring the cast great. condition stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a cool education thing, I think, for your common, you know, it, I think it's a, a help maybe get some people to move away from just saying, like, I need a pastry stout or a hazy IPA right now and maybe try some different things. Yeah. But, like, you, you, would you mind, like, kind of talking a little bit about cask? Well, I, I actually just filled our firkin today. We have a new Irish-style dry stout and put that into a firkin today, and that is going to the Day of the Living Ales this weekend. Oh, Day so of the Living Ales. Chicago Beer Society has done Day of Living Where's Ales. Where's that at? The bottom? That is no? at the bottom lounge. That's bottom lounge. Okay. Yeah. We'll be dropping that off on Wednesday. So explain the firkin to somebody who may well, be like, it's like a little keg. A firkin, well, a firkin is the size of the cask. So a firkin is 10.8 gallons. Twice the size of that is a kilderkin. Half the size of that is a pin. So when people say firkin, that's just the size of the cask that you're working with. Okay. But, yeah, all we're doing Thank is you, racking our fully fermented beer from the fermenter into a cask. We are priming it with sugar and often we're using dextrose but if we're in the middle of a brew we can use wort from the kettle we've experimented with a lot of different fermentables over the years we've used agave nectar we've used honey back in the day when we sent something down to dark lord day we actually had done the thing with gummy bears as priming sugar where we kind (laughs) of dissolve those in in hot liquor and use that to, to prime the firkin so so, yeah, you just prime it with sugar, and yeast eats fermentable sugar, produces carbon dioxide and alcohol. You put the bung in, and everything that is produced is naturally carbonating the beer. And then eventually there's a hammer of a mallet or some sort of thing, and you you knock it, right? Right? Isn't that what happens after that? <laughs> I had a great, I think, uh, God, somebody told me a great story on here. Now there's so many stories running together about somebody, expo- oh, the guys from Bottle Logic, when they were in town for Fobab, they... They sat down and they told me a story about when they were in Munich and they were at a beer hall and somebody somebody gave it a light tap and it just sprayed everyone, <laughs> ruined some guy's later hose and that was at the table behind them. It is pretty good. It's like yeah. uh, it, it's something that I don't think the normal I guess Chicago land beer drinker is really that aware of uh, outside of you know you know maybe seeing one or two tap rooms. Is there anyone doing 
doing cast scale a lot. I, I think yeah, there, uh, there are a number uh, of people uh, who are Hop, doing. Hopleaf does a lot of cast, don't they? Or don't they? Yeah, they, they've always got cast going. Yeah. yeah. I know there's two engines at, uh, at like Alarmist up there and way up north. I know oh, is that right? Two, they have two engines at all times, but they're doing anything from like a pie PA up there, you know, like a, a pie flavored New England style IPA out of these mm. things sometimes. But yeah, they, they do a lot of different goofy stuff with it. And this is like Owen and Engine, isn't that? That's a pretty popular spot. They keep cask on at all times. Yeah, Beer Temple. A lot of those guys are doing it as well. But yeah, the the one experience here in Chicago is we did the Dead Goat Porter because uh, I brewed for I was the pub brewer for Goose Island, so I did brewed both at Clybourne and at Wrigleyville, and so we did Dead Goat Porter. And we were releasing that on opening day. And Mike and Mike were doing their ESPN show. <laughs> and then we had to do the ceremonial tapping of the Firkin. And I was so nervous that pressure. I was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> do that where it's just going to hit it in half, just... halfway and it's going to spray all over the place. But it went out with a, without a hitch, so it was good. But it's because you're a professional, see? Uh, you're a professional. So w- that ju- that journey takes you, like, what, what, what's the pivotal point where you're coming from California back to Chicago, man? You're working with this other company, this uh, English well, I, Ales. I left English Ales. I, I helped set them up for a bit, got everything going. And then some of my buddies that I'd worked with in the past had a brewery called Big Trees. And then they also bought Santa Cruz Brewing Company and Front Street Pub. And that had been open since 86. And actually, I was drinking a pint at that place right before the Santa Cruz earthquake back in the day. Was that the... The World Series earthquake? The yes. The one with the Giants game? Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Was yep. A, it was the A's and uh, who were they playing? It was, that was the well, Giants from San Francisco. Ironically, it was, Giants, it was the Bay Series. Yeah, right? So it was okay. the Giants yeah. and the A's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was having a pint at Santa Cruz Brewing Company, caught my bus right across the street, and then I was on the bus when the earthquake hit. No shit. It was crazy. Yeah. What'd you imagine. do? Did you? I, we felt the bus shaking, and I looked out the window over at... Uh, it was a gas station right next to us, and the ground looked like liquid. It oh looked like God. it was just rolling. Oh, wow. And we all just thought, wow, that was a big earthquake. And as the bus drove and continued on, we're like, oh, hey, that window's out. Oh, that chimney's down. And then we went to go over. I lived across the yacht harbor, and the bus stopped because the bridge had slipped a little bit. And so I had to walk the train tracks across to get home. But Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that not a lot of people have uh, experienced. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was crazy for sure. Well, that was eighty nine, right? Yes. Eighty nine. Yeah. Yep. So eventually, eventually, and how'd you end up back here? Where'd you? Well, and, and my options for my wedding were the tenth or the seventeenth, and because the earthquake was the seventeenth, I thought it'd be better if I do ten ten. <laughs> You know what? I'm a 10-10 wedding guy myself. Uh, oh. October 10th, uh, 2009 for us. Right. Yeah. Cheers, 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 cheers to, to that. Cheers to you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty hilarious. So, wait, what brought you back to Chicago then, uh, brewery-wise? Like, what, did you come back because of a job, or did you become back? Uh, for well, what happened was we all invested a little bit and renovated Santa Cruz Brewing Company, Front Street Pub, and uh, things did not work out. And our restaurant partner pulled out of the project. And so we had good beer, but everything fell apart. You need to have good food if you're going to be a brew pub. So um, I've heard that. Th- yeah, <laughs> things kind of fell apart. And so I was looking for work. There was nothing available on the West Coast at that point. And a good friend of ours worked for Goose Island. And she was John Hall's secretary, Eilish. 
and um, she was best friends with my brother in college. So um, she passed my resume on to Greg Hall, and he called me and said there was nothing available. And then the following week, Finn announced his, uh, he, that he was leaving and going out to start Southern Tier. And so that opened up a spot at Goose Island. And so he called me back and said, hey. And what year was that? That was, that was in 2002. Okay. God. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of the book right now in the Barrel Age South and Selling Out book right now. So oh, Josh, Josh, Josh's book? Yeah, these yeah. names are like, uh, it is, awesome. it's giving me flashbacks to the story now. I haven't <laughs> read it yet. I flipped through it, but I've heard, it, I heard it's a really fun read. We went to Miami recently, so we were on a plane for a while. So I, was, I just read that on the way there and on the way back. Um, probably halfway through it now. It's fascinating at this point. That was the Jay Wakefield, the, the yeah, J.W. Wake Wakefield. Fest, yep, yeah. yeah, the Wakefest, yeah. Yep. I heard that was great. And it was bananas, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of craziness, but it was a lot of fun. So, and yeah, that's, I I mean, so you're, you're that's, that's one of the things. I, I actually did get to brew Bourbon County Stout at the pub. Oh, yeah. Before it, Kinda cool. was, before it was packaged. I did the whole batch for two barrels. That's all we got no no for Bourbon County back in the day was two barrels at the pub. What year was that? 2002. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be, oh, my God. That's crazy. I just saw that. Yeah. And then, how yeah, long have they well, been packaging and that? Then, like 2006 or something? And then when they started the, packaging it? Or probably around that ballpark. 05, yeah. 05, 06. Yeah. But one of the things was I had never brewed it. Uh, we filled those two barrels, and one of the barrels uh, was a little acetic. And I tasted it and was like, ah, you know, Greg, what do you think? Is this good? And he's like, oh, no, no, that's fine. Go ahead and sell it. And then people kept, like, years later, people w- would come up to me and say, what was with that one Bourbon County? <laughs> I said, oh, I, I thought it had a lot of acetic acid. Yeah. I asked Greg. He said it was fine. So I served it. <laughs> so I what, for where did the barrels come from? Do you know? Do you remember? Oh, shit. Looks like he's going to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe they were Jim Beam. No kidding. There you go. How'd you get... You, this is back in 02, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how'd you get that. your hands on those? How did... How did how do you source uh, bourbon barrels back? Well, in they were readily available back then. I just and wonder if a people thought he was crazy well. that he was going to do yeah, that. They were, well, they were yeah, but they were brewing it. They were brewing it well before that. So, oh, like uh, the base stout itself, or they were no, barrel aging it. Already. The, the barrel aging happened well before I got there. Okay, okay, so. it just didn't. Yeah, it just it wasn't taken off to the point where they were packaging it at the time. Correct. Yeah, okay. we're still just doing it at the pub. Okay. So I wonder, were those always well-received at the pub, too? Is that, like, and then eventually it hit, or was it, like, one of those weird things where people... Oh, it, yeah. no, it was very popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because well, he's pretty much credited for being the first one to put them in barrels, right? To put a stout in barrels like that, or... In the, in the bourbon know. barrels, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to get my own history right. See, this is... Uh, I'm too young. I'm too young in the in the industry to, to have the knowledge of uh, what's going on back in the day. So you worked at Goose for how long? Nearly oh, 10 Lindsay's, years. Lindsay's bothering us now. It's like stuff's happening. I think she's milking something. <laughs> she's milking something. You see the thing she just did? That was good. She was double fisting. Oh, keys and a phone and beer. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. That's the great Lindsay, right? That's, yep. That's so, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay, come here. She's Lindsay. just trying to she's just trying to help us out. Just say hello. This is Lindsay Landing. She's our general manager. We just face on here. We just want to do Microphone. Just, just say hi. Oh, hi. How you doing? <laughs> she doesn't want to get anywhere near that. She microphone. wants no part of this. <laughs> She's just trying to do other things. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. 
Peace. Thank you, Thank Lindsay. You. Thank you. Your steak's uh, so good. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I, I, don't threw, know. I threw us yeah. off. I was, I was, I was like, look, it was Lindsay doing the milking the cow <laughs> thing. Somehow she got keys and a phone out of milking a cow. I don't know what happened there. No, that was because my daughter is driving my car home. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's what it was. I'll, and I'm going to drink a few beers now. All right. Let's get, let's get it going. Um, so, yeah. No, the, 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 so we got Goose Island for decades. I ran the pubs for about eight years, and then they promoted me. And I was a senior brewer at the production facility for about a year and a half. So I got to go to the large scale and learn how brewer. to do that. What does that mean, senior it, brewer? We did not have a head brewer at the time, so John J. Hall and I were co-senior uh, brewers. And then they were trying to figure have, it, have us fight it out to, <laughs> to determine who was going to be the head brewer. And then they brought Brett in from Deschutes. So okay. Okay. So John Jay and I both moved on from there. But yeah, that was amazing to work on a 50 barrel brew house. At that point we were doing Oh my god, 50 barrels <laughs> sounds overwhelming. But the crazy thing was that was the high point of 312. We were doing eight and a half turns a day. Oh, oh my god. That's so insane. It's so insane to think yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So we were rocking it. Yeah. Well, like when I walk into a brew pu- or a brewery now and I see a 90 barrel fermenter, I mean, it's just like, whoa. It just it just was freaks this, me out. Was this pre or post InBev acquisition? Pre. Pre. It's all and pre, then right? What yeah. was what was at that Actually, time? You're doing eight my, turns a day. What was my, it, what was the distribution f- footprint at that point? How far was 312 going out into the world? We weren't we weren't doing a lot in other states at that point. It was all really Illinois ish mostly. Chicago right? just loved it. Yeah, I mean, we were getting into a few other places, probably like Ohio and Michigan and, and stuff, but and, and local local states. But I wasn't on the distribution side, and I don't remember any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> what about were you doing so, like Honkers Ale too? And all that? yeah, and yeah. I was actually a part of the team. We were doing some of the triangular uh, tastings, and we were having some of the some of the beers being brewed on the East Coast, and. So we were doing the stuff with Honkers and Goose IPA. And so initially it was like, okay, that's the one we brewed. That's the one they brewed. There sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no. And then it finally got, it, it developed to the point where some of the people who weren't the brewers, but some of the people, the office people were like, I can't tell the difference. And that's, that's a good okay. thing. And then okay. it got to the point for me where it's like, I know that that's the one that they brewed, but it's actually quite good. So I could still tell the difference, but it's like, no, that's a good representation of Honkers. That's a good representation of, of the IEPA. And so I was there when the transition was happening. And actually my very last day with Goose Island was the very last day that I had to get drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> So no, I, I didn't get drug tested, but <laughs> I don't do drugs aside from alcohol. But he's, he's like disclaimer: I, I don't do any drugs. <laughs> I'm just saying. making a joke. No. So when you were uh, doing that, when they were going through that like kind of transition, did you, did you? I, I've heard great stories of uh, like the bud plants and stuff. Uh, Tom Quarter, uh, Mary Bauer over at Lagunitas uh, told me stories of them going through like the pilot programs at Budweiser uh, when they were young brewers and. 
and get it, you know enjoying the the pilot facility when you it made me think of it when you said uh, we would taste theirs and then taste ours and you know tell the difference he would talk about how uh, there was 10 breweries Bud, Budweiser breweries and they would taste everyone and the pilot brewery with like the young brewers would always be the lowest one like they would always be the worst one you know in the scoring and stuff um, so it, but he talked about how valuable it was to be able to kind of move the hoses around and pull the levers and, and you know open valves and stuff and then once he got moved up into the like production brewing side uh, he got to do way less there's laborers to do this and there's all these you know what, what's it like to get that experience from both ends uh, right that's valuable that's one of the things that that I didn't like uh, being in my new position was I sat in the office all day and so I wasn't doing anything hands-on anymore and everything was computerized but I was basically figuring out when spent grain needed to be picked up when silos needed to be filled so I was sharing an office with Brian Taylor and John J. Hall and you know that was and so yeah. <laughs> just business. So, like yeah, business it's a whiner things, for, yeah. for those of you out there who don't know. So yeah. What's he, that? Brian oh, from yeah. Weiner. Yeah, from yes. Weiner, right. Yeah, so he and I he and I um, had desks in, next to one another there. So yeah, but like, like I, a, I was just like stuck I was stuck tree right there. It's like I was a, stuck in the I was stuck in the office all day, so that's one of the things that I tell people my move right now is very similar to the move back then. I was leaving I was senior brewer at Goose Island, and I was moving to Revolution. And at that point, Revolution was it's a brew pub. And so I went there and spent about seven years w- at Revolution and helped grow uh, with that company. And so it's a very similar move now. So, so Revolution was doing really well. How'd that connection come up? I mean, was it were you just hitting a point at Goose where you're like, oh, man, I need to get my hands dirty again. I need to get back deeper into it or... Yeah, it had nothing to do with the drug testing. <laughs> no. Yeah, like how did the conversation start between you and Rev? Well, like a lot of the a lot of the Rev people, uh, the GM and management, and a lot of people had come from the Goose Island days, and uh, when I ran the pubs, so Michelle Foyk, you know, who now has Eris, the the cidery and brewery, um, she was she was a GM at at Wrigley. And Greg and Reggie and all those guys, um, you know, that I worked with back in the day. But yeah, so have you been? Have you been to Eris yet? No, not yet. But it's I, one of the I most, it's one of most beautiful it. spaces I've seen over there. In, a, in, a, in a brewery tap room. It's incredible. You need to go, go check it, it out. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go see a couple places. Them and Metro are on my list. I just gotta go see the visuals. It's gorgeous. So that conversation kind of comes up, uh, you know, just because. You had relationships in the past, and they kind of had relationships with Goose, and then now they're onto this new venture, and they're like, "Hey, well, you know, we could use somebody with some experience." Or, well, I actually approached them, so we were going to a show up there, and stopped in, and I just asked, "So, when you guys build production brewery, who's going to be your pub brewer?" And they didn't have anyone. I said, "I'll do it." <laughs> I raised my <laughs> so hand for that. Went in, yeah, I volunteered myself for that one. But yeah, it was just a matter of of having a little more creativity and a little more hands-on. And just, I felt very old when I was just sitting in front of a computer all day. And so I just need to move around and get some physical activity. And, you know, it's just a, a beautiful marriage of the creativity and the physical labor and everything on the, on the pub side. So did that and 
doing it here. So how did that kind of evolution take place at Rev then? I mean, you, you jump in there as, as the pub as the pub guy. You're brewing everything, brewing all the batches for the pub. But, I mean, are you are you creating? Are you writing recipes during this time too? Like, have you did Well, f- for uh, over a year, I worked with Jim and Marty and Maddie and all those guys. We all worked together at the pub. Uh, while they were while they were building the production facility, so we all worked together, and that was amazing to work with Jim and and everyone. I mean, that guy's awesome. I love Jim. So, yeah, it was great. He he's such a wealth of knowledge, and to to work closely with all those guys was was amazing. And then yeah, they moved on, and then I took over at the pub and worked with a couple of good guys there. And now Jumpy is uh, has taken over for me. He was working with me for a bit. And so he's he's now running the pub. Okay. So how long was your stint there then at Rev? Seven years. Seven, seven plus. Is that, oh yeah, you did mention that. Okay, you said seven plus. Yeah. So uh, what what kind of stuff? I mean, did you help like in the creation of some of that stuff? I mean, are you just kind of brewing a ton of antihero at this time because it's kind of hit? Well, mm-hmm. for the first couple of years, we were we can after they opened the production facility, we we did continue to brew antihero for the pub at the pub. Okay. And Eugene Porter was brewed there, and Cross of Gold. We still brewed uh, for the draft, and so there were there were a couple of recipes that were pretty similar when they scaled up to production size, and there were a couple that just missed. So, I personally liked the Eugene Porter a lot more at the pub. I thought the malt character up front was still there. I think when they brewed it on the larger scale, it lost a little bit of that character. But I really like the anti-hero on the larger scale. The oh, anti-hero, okay. I just think, uh, a little less malty, but th- that allowed the hops to shine, and that was just delicious. So it all depended. And, and Cross of Gold at the pub, I think, uh, was they were pretty similar. But when they then expanded and brought in the new brew house, even the stuff from the 45-barrel brew house to the 120-barrel brew house were completely different, and they had to change a lot of the recipes. So oh, at that yeah. point, the stuff, the difference between the pub and the 120, that was crazy. So at that point, they said, all right, now you're just getting everything from us. And also financially, it made more sense to just get kegs from them yeah. as well. And then that freed us up to do more, uh, have more creativity on the small scale and do some of that stuff. So I had my hand in um, developing a little crazy. It's a popular one. Yeah, yeah. so um, that initially started out as a small beer. So we did our barley wine was part of the Repo Man series. And that was straight jacket. So it, for those out there who don't know, Repo Man series, they basically named all the beers after the soundtrack of Repo Man. And so... Have you had straight jacket? It's amazing. Every year. Every it's year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's in 12 months. Well, well, it's crazy. We had, a keg, we had a keg here this winter. It was great. You? Yeah. And yeah. I, mis- I misspoke on that as well. So the barley wine started out as institutionalized. Because that was the Suicidal Tendencies song on that soundtrack. Okay. So Institutionalized was the Barley Wine. Straight Jacket was the barrel-aged version of Institutionalized. Oh, okay. So 
when Jim and I brewed the barley wine that institutionalized, we decided to do a small beer off the second runnings of that. Right. And small so, beer is one of those things, too, that like I learned from doing this podcast, like table beers, small beers, like these second runs through the grain. You know, I, I, this is, I, so it was a cool education thing for me. Well, you know, I think when you said small beer, there's going to be some people that are like, what does that mean? Is this like a small beer, like a lower ABV beer? Or like, yeah. So, what, well, what we did was we ran off the institutionalized, got it into the kettle. We hit our target gravity and boiled that. There was still so much residual sugar left over in the mash uh, ton to do a second brew, and that is a small beer. And so what we decided to do was cut it short and not to have it be just a watered-down version of the, of the initial beer. So what we did was we stopped the runoff and made it about 6%. So that was a little different than some small beers. We also decided to ferment it with a Belgian yeast. And because the barley wine was institutionalized, that's why we called it a little crazy. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I didn't so, know that. That's so it was a little crazy in that it was a 6% small beer and, you know, kind of all worked yeah. in together. But that's how we came up with a little crazy. So many people see that label and they're like, yeah, the one with like Jerry Garcia on it. <laughs> it kind of looks like yep, that's Maddie. Bit, yeah. So, yeah, that uh, helped with Rise. I helped help to do help to do some of the uh, the new sour beer stuff series. Like now. the freedom of speech and uh, freedom of press and that. Yes, oh, correct. Okay. Yeah, those were things that, those were that we developed at the pub. Those are nice, like, you know, get a six-pack of it and, and take care of business for the weekend. Uh, it's a good transitional thing, too, for people that just don't know what sours are or just have not been into sours and stuff. Those are really nice beers. And we will be doing that here shortly. Yay. I love so that. We'll that's definitely... session sour. Yeah. Def- definitely, when, when things start to warm up, that's going to be nice and refreshing, so... So is that something that you've been passionate about lately? Then, then just just get into that sour side of things because I, you know, it's sometimes something that gets lost in a lot of places, a lot of smaller places that they just don't have the equipment or the capacity or the I don't know what it is, but just a lot of places just ignore that style for a little while and then they have to build to it. Well, there are some people who are worried about infecting their entire yeah. brewery, yeah, <laughs> and with good reason, or, uh, yeah. good, with good reason. So you, you definitely have to take some precautions to make sure you're not getting lactobacillus into mm-hmm. all your tanks. And once it's in there, it's going to be hard. Once to get it's rid in of. there, you can't get it out. It's like sand. So, John, I mean, what, what are, you, are you a sour guy, man? You, what do you th- what do you feel about the sour world? I'm slowly moving into oh, it. I, I, I'm a late I'm a late ad- uh, adopter of sours, but the the freedom of uh, uh, speech. So hanging out with Will a lot the last year or so, um, and getting able to being able to try a lot of those, um, it's warmed my palate up to it. And I am kind of a little bit. I have a little bit more confidence in trying other things that maybe in the yeah. past I've kind of maybe chose other styles over that. But um, but I, I am excited to um, to do those here because we've never we've never not only we never really talked about it before, but um, um, it wasn't something I ever thought we would do for that reason. I, um, that those in, those those infections scare me a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, Dumping but, ten barrels of beer scares a lot of people. But Will's con- <laughs> Will's convinced me otherwise, uh, and and I'm really starting to enjoy them. So I'm looking forward to to to, uh, to Will brewing some of those. Well, and, and there are some people out there who will take a beer that was not supposed to be sour. 
and just package it, it up. It could be infected and just be like, oh, I meant to do that. It's a sour stout. What are you talking about? It's a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard some some tell of those things happening, but I don't like to believe that of people. I believe that everyone does the right thing all the time. If well, it's not good, they dump it. And that goes back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier with some of the big hoppy beers. You know, that can mask a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's like you can hide some. Oh, I'm tasting something. Eh, mm-hmm. Just dry hop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw some galaxy on top of that. I don't care if it's forty bucks a pound. Let's go. <laughs> so, John, now when we talked. I don't know, however long ago. I know we covered some of this, but you know, you're you're obviously the face of this place. I've never talked to anybody that's come here and not met you or seen you at least sitting at the bar while while you're in here. Everybody knows you as kind of like you're, you're always here. You're always doing something. You're a hustler. You're a business guy. But you you you're a home brewer. I mean, you you came into this as a home brewer. I mean, do you look at your system and you get in there sometimes, you kind of ignore it. And like, nope, not, that's Will. That's, not that's even what Will does. Is. We talked about this last year when you were here. I, mm-hmm. um, I don't, like a lot of folks that start their own businesses, I completely underestimated the amount of time that would be available to me to do the thing that I wanted to start a business for in the first place, right? Um, yeah, I was a home brewer for um, maybe 12 years, 13 years. Um, I had these illusions and visions of just you know quitting my corporate job and starting a brewery and brewing all day every day talking about beer and experimenting but that's that's not how it how it how it turns out whether you're starting a brewery or whatever usually whatever business it is whatever passion project or passion business it is that you start um also like we talked about last year i didn't have any illusions that i had the skills or the experience to transition my experience as a home brewer into a, a production scale, especially as the space has gotten way more crowded and more more competitive. Um, long answer to your question. No, I'm not in there no, as much as I want to. Long, long uh, answers are good. Uh, I take them. But what's cool about you know having worked with Will Gobieski first and now, uh, now Will Turner, I, I'm learning more about beer every, every day. I still don't I'm still not back there as much as I want to, but um, just being around it every day and um, being able to contribute in conversations about how, you know, uh, Will, you know, Will's got an idea. He wants to do X. What do you think about this? And I'm like, well, you've been brewing for 30 years. That sounds great <laughs> to me. It's kind of hard. Um, to, yeah, it's kind of hard to say no to you at this point. Well, but like, I had what this, are the grounds to deny him? But <laughs> he was talking about going into places and being inspired by what other people are doing, and I and you know I. Um, you know, the homebrew experience gave me enough confidence to say, well, you know what, I was just in, um, you know, name a, name a brewer. I was just in Moore mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. And I know I you sent X. me a picture. Yes. <laughs> you know, my crush, and, my man crushes. And, all Sean, one and Sean killed this. Like, this is, like, maybe we can borrow elements of this. And, um, and I'm able to collaborate that way, right? And that's, at this point, uh, that's where I'm getting my jollies right now is being able to, just be part of the conversation and contribute to recipe formulation and uh, throw some ideas out there. And, um, and, and, and when I have, hopefully, maybe this summer, I'm going to have a little bit more time to get back there and, and, and hang out and, and get my hands dirty more. But, at the, but since we've opened, I really, like most people that get into this business or any other passion project or passion business, they, they, they don't have the ability to, to, 
to do it to do that function as much as they want. And the I'm, bandwidth is not there. <laughs> it's the bandwidth is not there. I mean, I'm I am in this build. You are right. I am in this building um, quite every, a bit, almost every waking Constantly. hour. Um, yeah. And um, driving a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. And and um, I I I have I have been surprised with how much I have enjoyed the operations piece of running a a tap room in a in a restaurant. Right. I initially was not that geeked out about getting into the to the you know to the restaurant business but this um being a host in this place every night and and being able to shake people's hands and thank them for coming in here and spending their hard-earned money here and be able to give them a product that hopefully they enjoy and an experience that they enjoy has been an incredibly rewarding thing and it wasn't the original reason i was motivated to do this but it has become uh, it has become one of my favorite parts of it, just to look people in the eye and thank them for coming in here. And I try something you I, do well. I it's try to talk to absolutely. Well, I, I try absolutely. to talk to everybody that comes in here and thank them because I large I hands mean, too, big big hands. Yeah, <laughs> really, you got to be ready for John Brand's hands. Well, it's a humbling thing, right? I mean, we talked about this last year. Uh, the, this community in the South Side of Chicago has been incredibly supportive of us, and so much so you made a goddamn sign. We made, made a giant. Salsa. Your own neon sign that says South Side. And the, I'm guessing you probably drove somewhere far away to find this piece of wood that it's attached to. That was leftover barn wood from our trips last year. Yeah. I have a lot of scraps, and we're that. doing little <laughs> little fun projects on the side. But to, but it's a humbling thing. This has been a humbling thing, not only uh, because of all the support that we receive from people, but even you know getting this place open in the year and a half that we've been open and all the people that want, that are, genuinely and sincerely interested in our success and have been so supportive of us um i mean it's 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 incredibly humbling i i didn't expect i didn't expect this right to to receive this kind of support from the community that we operate in and um i feel very i have a ton of gratitude and i feel very lucky for it well, and I was going to just kind of tie into what John was talking about and some of that big brewery experience that I shared. One of the things that I miss most of, well, two things I miss, hop selection, <laughs> but also also doing taste panels. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed. When you drink the same beer over and over every day, it's like you can rate this you know, this one's an 86, this one's a 92. This is pretty close to a, a perfect example of that style for me. Oh, this one's got a little bit of a flaw, you know. And so when you're tasting the same beers and you get your palate trained, and that's one of the things that I do like to, one of the reasons I like to have John as, as someone that I'm working with is because he does have a palate and he has the experience. And so I make sure that every time, you know, and I brought you guys some samples of our Irish stout, yes. you know, and so it's like, I want to make sure that everyone that I'm working with is tasting the beers that I'm tasting. And then, you know, it's like speculators should taste a certain way. And I always want people to taste, you know, it's like, all right, taste it, taste it. Give me feedback. You know, are you picking up any off flavors? And once your staff is educated, then you can rely upon them. And it's, it's really nice to have because... You know, you might miss something here and there. There's there's sleepers out there, too. I, I was having this conversation with a bunch of people in the last couple of months. Just the way that, like, my wife like, likes craft beer a lot. You know, she drinks with me most times. When I'm having a beer, we usually split it. Uh, but, can, but, can I interrupt you for a second? Oh, jeez. I, I can imagine what's coming here. Question I've been meaning to ask you. 
I think you and your wife have been in here a few times. And you're with your daughter, by the way, who is you yeah. know, a gorgeous she's, daughter. She's, she's lovely. She's, very she's lovely. Right. She's so sass- you were in here with your wife gal. last week. And um, I'm just shocked. Sh- shocked that a woman yeah, I, that I, looks I, like I that I saw this was, this was, was hanging this was out going. with you. How? Yeah. I, f- I thought there how? was going to be something about outkicking coverage or something coming <laughs> coming up in this conversation. How did you do that? I wore puffy vests, John. <laughs> I, put on, I put on the puffiest vest I could find, like a peacock spreading its feathers and just showed It's like he walks in, in here way. with two Victoria's Secret models, and then they got Joe Bobby walking in with his lumberjack <laughs> flannel on. and Lumberjack flannels. Yeah. My beer shirts. My, my daughter always tells me, like, Dad, when all I first, you have when is I first beer saw him, I almost wanted to rescue her from him, <laughs> from them. Like, I thought maybe that. Maybe she's lost. Maybe yeah, she maybe, has a brain thing. Yeah, maybe she, something's wrong. Has she been drugged? What she is, has amnesia. I don't know. <laughs> something's going on. But Just let me play this thing out, John. Jesus. He oh, you, little, sir, you have a beautiful family. He there. wrote a little note on the receipt yeah. when he dropped it off. Well, he's yeah. like, if you Here's need my help, number if you need anything, yeah. If he's got you locked in some sort of a basement somewhere, no. But th- we ca- we came. You know, she's she's always companion to me. Uh, she got started on Hailstorm's uh, first year anniversary sour. That was the beer that kind of sparked her to saying, okay, maybe I can do this craft beer thing. Now she's looking for any barrel-aged stout, any IPA. Like she loves it all now. But well, here's the other thing. I don't know her that well, but. Uh, you you recently, you and I chatted about this stuff a little bit when you were making that decision, and you recently went through this transition where you left uh, a <laughs> career, regular in a job. America, yeah, yeah, and you and you took this role over crafted, and um, um, she was supportive of that. And by the way, um, yeah, she's cool. What um, what you, you know, and I follow you guys on social media, and I talk with Denver and. Uh, what you guys have done, and what you've done in particular since you started there, has been pretty impressive. I mean, the the events and the and the people that you're bringing in, in that place is um, you're doing a really good job. And it shows on it shows on social media, and it shows we got people that come in here every week, uh, and I overhear people talking about some event that they went to uh, down at Crafted. Uh, I hear Saw that Booker T in so. here when I walked yeah, in. Yeah, Booker, Booker, Booker was sitting at the end of the bar. Booker's He's a good he, man. Booker and Vaughn and all the IBU guys. Sean, the whole crew. They got a bottle share coming up next week. They're going to do a bottle share at our space. So you're doing a good job, man. Keep it up. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, dude, I'll send the check. I'll send the check over to you. I appreciate you saying that. No. I'll send that check we talked about. See? Yeah, Denver told me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Denver did not. Denver yeah. told you the opposite. <laughs> no, but for for me, uh, you did, Will's talking about using you to kind of like bounce some beers off over of some tasting note, whatever it is. But I hand Shannon a beer, and I, you know, I, I'm more of the craft beer guy. You know, I would say, you know, on the surface, but she she drinks a beer and then tells me what she tastes, and I'm like, shit, I missed all of that. But now I can taste it because you said, like, you know, she just has one of these, one of these senses about her where I just don't have it. I just don't have that palate. Like, I can taste things. I can taste good and bad. I can't taste specifics. Have you tried or attempted like a formal palate training? No, no, I've never done that. No, uh, sensory training is awesome. Yeah, because that not only do you learn a lot, but. in terms of the flavors you're tasting, but you also find out where your blind spots are. Yeah, I got a ton I think, of them. You know, I, I think it's the Cicerone program. I think Ray Daniels and the Cicerone program. I think you can purchase yeah, a um, a oh, kit that will allow you to doctor beers with off flavor so that yes. it can help you identify. I'm a level those. one beer certified, not a Cicerone, but I'm a Cicerone certified beer certified. Yeah, you can get stuff to so spike I'm, things. I'm only on step one. 
Yeah, the diacetyl and all that, you know, kind of learning about that stuff. And my so, wife's got a great palate, so she was always... I feel like they just scientifically taste better than we do sometimes. Well, and it was like the average man. As we're approaching St. Patty's Day once again, we did a pub crawl in Santa Cruz back in the day and, and hit a bunch of places and ended up going into probably the probably the fourth Irish place <laughs> of the day. And she got a, she got a Guinness, and it was just full of diacetyl and she's like yeah this is not right um can i um get a different beer and he's like oh you don't like stout you know he's like uh this crazy like, woman doesn't know what she's yeah. doing he's like, like, she's no, like no no she doesn't know what, what she's talking what about what this yeah. is supposed to taste uh-huh. like and it is full of diacetyl whether you didn't clean your line or whatever it was that's comical that is comical yeah, to, to them, they, you know, you know, they're like, oh, she must not like dark beers. <laughs> she must not be into dark beers. That's well, and, and we also went to Ireland for our honeymoon, and we, not a lot of places are going to have all the Irish stouts on at the same time, but we did find a place down in Cork where they did have Murphy's, Beamish, and Guinness, and did, we did the blind tasting stuff. And you could hit that them was, all. What'd you yeah. like better? I'm a, I'm a Murphy's fan. Yeah. Murphy's guy. Okay. Okay. I haven't had it in a while, but. It, it yeah. just blows my mind to, to taste with people and to see what other people pick up. It's just such a subjective thing, too. Um, and then, you know, there, there's so much that can go into, like, yeah, you should show the respect and appreciation for somebody who's trained and done it. And maybe you're they're a judge or they've been through, like, the highest levels of the Cicerone program. But at the same time, the all that stuff that they're looking for in that format is not all the stuff that's selling on the shelves right now. You know, it's it's a it's a weird topic. It's a crazy world right now the way it, way it's going. Uh, well, like, and in in some respects, you'd really like the people that are chasing all those labels and certain beers to actually sit down and do a blind tasting and find out if they really prefer that yeah. beer or if it's just a label. And I, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I, I don't think it's the label. I think it's more of the style. I think that what once was probably considered to be a, a, a non, a non-perfect beer is now kind of what the the craft beer drinkers' taste is now forming to. You know these hazy IPAs and these heavy, heavily double dry hopped, and you know it's like some of those flavors and, and you know a lot of clarity. Obviously, you know was, was always a big thing, right? I mean the uh, Ryan Geitz and hold, what, what's the what's Ryan Heinz Ryan, Ryan Heinz yeah, like that's a, that's a German purity out the window, of, uh, out the window at this point, right? Man. Yeah, well, that was always a good rule of thumb in terms of making quality beer, but it did restrict a lot of the things that you could do when you looked at a lot of the styles that come from Belgium or you know, like Finnish sati or something like that, you know, when they used to use the ingredients that they had readily available. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying this this piece of time that we're in in the beer world because it's kind of, I just like watching people go batshit crazy and like, I'm going to throw some chicken in this beer. Like, it's it's funny. Like, I get it. I get why some people are like rubbed the wrong way by it. Like, they're just, they're just going too far type thing. But to me, it's like, you know, you can choose to buy it or don't buy it, you know, or you can choose to drink it or not drink it. I just, you know, that these guys are having a lot of fun. And that's kind of what this has grown, this scene. And uh, I know a lot of people talk about bubbles and, and, you know, saturation of the market and that. But uh, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, right? I mean, you guys are the professionals. You tell me. What are you seeing? I've oh, Lindsay's got that face again. She's not milking anything this time. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> I've he wants he- a speculator. I've been hearing. I've been hearing about that. 
bubble for many. At first, when you said bubbles, I thought it was a Trailer Park Boys bubbles. reference. But Trailer Park Boys. But yeah, people have said that for a long, long time. That it's like, all right, yeah, we're not going to be able to get over two thousand breweries, and we're not going to be able. It's like, but I think really we're not going to be able the the battle for shelf space. It's got to hit that point pretty soon. But when you're a, a, a neighborhood uh, brewery like we are, we're always going to have the people coming in. So, and, and why can't, I mean, my wife and I did the, did the walk, the two-mile walk from Wrigley Field home one day with, with our daughter in the stroller and just stopped at every neighborhood bar. You know, it's like, well, why couldn't all these places brew their own beer? They very well could. But yeah, when it comes to distribution and all that, that's mm-hmm. that's it depends on how big your eyes me. are, right? I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, if I know John Brand, like I think I know John Brand. I think I think I've had a conversation with you at some point that involved you saying something to the effect of like, if in a couple of years you're still just have one tap room this size, you know, uh, you may be disappointed in yourself, like, but. It's you know like it's that that want that expansion like is that something that's always rattling around in your head, or is that something that you're kind of like no I just want to make this the best place I can make it. I think when we I remember that conversation and um, I think the context like, and that, that was com- private. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off the record. I think the context of that conversation was just not getting complacent and, and right. wanting to continuous continuously build. A, a, a business and an amenity that people want to keep coming back to, right? So keep changing and evolving. Uh, in terms of entering uh, the production and distribution space, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think I think you know we'll we'll kind of set it. Uh, there's you know there's there's limited shelf space out there. Um, I I think that you know like a lot of like a lot of the way industries evolve and change, it happens in ways that you would never guess or anticipate. And you just got to be open to evolving and changing with what consumers want and what and what what folks are de- f- folks desire. And and we're going to do that here. Um, hiring you know hiring somebody like like Will Turner and and being lucky enough to have him on staff gives us a ton of flexibility, right? If if we want to grow the footprint here and grow our role in the Southside community. Uh, in in with beer, we can do that. If we want to get into dis- distribution, we can we can do that too. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure at this point where we want. Where, yeah, we're, where we're going to. When's be. the canning line getting put in? That's what I want. Well, what that's what everybody wants to know. When are 16 ounce four pack cans well, coming out? You mentioned that's it earlier today. You said you had a customer come in to craft it and say that they that um, for the last month or two, couple months, our our the number of uh, beers on our menu have been a little limited right. well w- w- i mean we are experiencing growth in the sales here in the tap room and um um and that growth is welcome and we're having w- we appreciate it uh we have we do have more fermenters coming in the next couple of weeks right now our goal is just to make the best beer we can and serve this tap room in the rooftop so we're going to double in size here in about two months so um for the for, for the next six to twelve months, we're just laser focused on making sure that we have enough beer here in the tap room and for the rooftop. Over That's the, the hard part, summer. right? Get enough it's, beer. It's the it, hard part, and it's the fun part too, though. I it's mean, it's a juggling act, and it's you know I just had someone um, walk through the 
open space over there. Uh, I think it was on Friday night, came through and asked if we would be able to sell a keg to them for their, their beer bar. And it was like, we're selling everything that we're making right now. Right. So there's no sense in us selling a keg to, to you market, for 160 yeah. bucks. You know, yeah. so once we get established, and I, I came here expecting to help to grow the, the company. So, um, you know, whether John we, might have whether had that we, in mind too, <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, no, but, but as to distribution and that kind of stuff, and, or I shouldn't say distribution, but just packaging, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll figure it out when we get to that point. When it's right. But yeah. we are we are expanding our production. And we're gonna, you know, get that fifteen barrel serving tank fired up and get that speculator nice and consistent oh, and clean and delicious. So come this summer, you know, all you hot thirsty people come in yeah. and have a nice cream ale. But one one day there one day I do expect to see four four twelve or four sixteen ounce cans of uh of uh you know, double dry hopped open interest, forming a line outside your door for an 11 a.m. Friday release. Like, I expect to see that at some point. We, we I, like I'm not saying it should happen next week. I'm just saying, you know, like, I feel like yeah. that's that's going to happen. We talk about it. We'd like to get there. But right now, um, we're still trying, you know, we want to make sure that before we put ourselves out there, either in a, you know, somebody that's into distribution or, you know, bottle releases, um, Want to make sure that we can serve this tap room first. Yep. Serve the rooftop first, and that um, that there is no question about the quality of our of our beer before we put something in a package. Yeah, I mean, on, on a routine basis. I mean, we do we do package. We we have a we have a thriving and growing mug club community here. Mug club community, sweet. And we it's, do we do do cool. one off bottle um, uh, bottle releases for them. Uh, but growing that you to should the give public. a shout out to what's his name McKay McKay what, yeah what? yeah so we partnered with Dan McKay Dan who's, that's who, it <coughs> that's right have you met Dan God, yeah I met, remember he had his kid in the bike the green bike right. sale yeah, in the summer yeah. when I was here Dan's a great, great guy dude. he's he's an amazingly talented too. artist uh, he is a uh, he built a pottery studio in yeah. his in his backyard and and he's just cranking out all our mug clubs custom mugs. Um, and he's just—he's been a great partner. You are surrounded by talent, though. I mean, between Will and then you got the McCabe and you got Dembski, uh, six or creative. Six I always creative, feel like right? the du- I always feel like the dumbest guy in the room for sure. Right, like the, just some creative people, you know, in in the area, and like you—you've kind of. Uh, You've kind of harvested that. I mean, you haven't. No. You haven't ignored what's around you, nope. like the Beverly nope. the was, Art Center. I'm and a like dumb guy, but I was just—I'm barely smart enough to recognize <laughs> a, a, the the really good things that are happening around here that I think have gone unnoticed for a long time in terms of the art community and uh, a positive trend that we're seeing in the economics and um, you know redevelopment in, on, on the south side in this neighborhood and uh, was just smart enough to kind of. You know, join it, I guess. But um, a lot of the a lot of the um, early adopters of this, or the guy, or the folks that started this, were, you know, the, the the Beverly Area Art Alliance. There's a lot of there's an artist community in this neighborhood that's been around for a long time that are is finally getting the recognition that they deserve. Uh, we've talked about Neil and Horse Thief on this show in the past, and you know, they opened up a brewery on the South Side when nobody thought that that was a good idea. Um, Very happy to have them. 
Yep, wow. and uh, the, the fellows down in Blue Island, I think they've been open for four, four or five years now. Alan Cromwell. Uh, so we, Everybody loves Alan, right? <laughs> uh, and, and, and Brian as yeah. well. So, yeah, Brian uh, and Karina. Kick ass. So we're, we're, just, we're just happy to be part of it and, um, and, and support it and try to uh, push the momentum on these things that are happening around here. Well, yeah, the other thing I didn't even think about, the maple trees isn't open again? Maple tree, just, so it, it, the listeners, uh, you have a, your listenership is... All across the city, right? Or is it? Is it? No, uh, it's, <laughs> no it's, coast it's, to coast. But yes, it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. But, it's spread. Uh, it's spread. It doesn't get to blue. But Island. your listeners so know. We suburbs talk, and I think we talked about maple tree. Yeah, right. What's maple that? tree was a. We we, we had a good conversation <coughs> about it, and then it fucking burned after that. Well, like, maple tree was one of the yeah. first better beer bars yes. on the south side of Chicago, going back I think to the nineties. You and right? uh, Alan, or uh, Mark and uh, you and Mark and. and uh, Mark Coco from One Once Your Yeah, poem, and uh, right? Matt talked about it a little bit too. Right. But I think we talked about it in our episode with just the two of us when right. you, we talked about kind of going there in the early days. So they're an institution on the south side, and they unfortunately had a, a, a pretty severe fire. Well, when was that? Was that in the fall? In the spring? It wasn't that long ago, man. It was. Man, I can't remember. Yeah, about I think it was still summer. cold out. It was still cold out, so it was in this oh. maybe a year ago now. Well, they just um, they just reopened uh, a bistro uh, about two or three months ago, yeah. and um, they're back up and running. So if, if folks haven't been to Maple Tree in a while, uh, they're they're on Western Avenue in Blue Island. They should go check it out. I was there a couple of weeks ago with a bunch of the staff here, and the, and the uh, we all had steak frites and. Um, the cocktails there are amazing. Just to, just to, the support that that rallied around them, and when that happened, was very cool to see. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good to see that they're they're back out there. But yeah, it's just just tying into the the community that we we you and I talk about this every time we're together. Like, you, you, there's no bigger proponent of this area on the south side and Beverly and, and this this whole Marionette part. All this area here feels like home for you, uh, and it seems like you really set out to kind of uh, not just be in it and reap the benefits of the economic part of it, but also put back into it and, and kind of further it and keep it growing. I know you're probably, you're probably too humble to be like, yes, I did do that. But <laughs> I think, um, I, th- I think, you know, Will, Will's a South Sider now too. And, um, you know, Will and I had a lot of conversations over the last couple of months. And uh, one of the, I think one of the, one of the reasons we get along so well is that he feels the same way about, about, this part of the city that, that, that I do and um, um, I mean it's part of our mission we're going to continue to push that message out to folks or anybody that will listen yeah well go ahead Will. you know help, help, to help to educate the beer drinkers on the south side and you know we'll get them in here with a speculator and then have them taste this and that and then mm-hmm. you know just get them hooked yeah. Oh, that's that's weird. It sounds like a junkie thing. Now. And it, <laughs> he just made it. He made it sound dirty at that point. <laughs> well, and and the other thing I was going to say too is um, when we talked about talked about the packaging side of things, I'm fine with doing with packaging when we're here, and we can control freshness and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But this is where I started. You know, I started at Liquor Barn back in the day, and so. I understand how lazy people cannot rotate the stock and do all that stuff. That's rough. But I did. Back back in the 80s, I had all those old price guns with the stickers. Dates. When I got got beer in from different breweries, I would put on the six-pack holders 
when we re- when we actually received the beer so that we could rotate the stock properly. That's legit. See, not a lot of places had that going on. I'm sure of it. I'm well, sure now, of it. well, now all the breweries are actually now, putting it right. on their packaging. And but even back some of then, them don't we didn't know. know. <laughs> even some of them make it hard. You know, they're using codes and things, right, right, and right. color coding that you don't understand as a consumer or as a even as a business, like as a the bottle shops and the in the liquor stores. I mean, it's. it's it can be upsetting, but some people like like Hailstorm does a great job of just sticking it right up in that corner. Right? They got a bottle release this weekend, right? Yeah, Vlad. Uh, they did Vlad Intelligentsia. I think. Oh, they got one coming up in like two weeks or so for for Vanilla. Mm-hmm. They just did on Saturday. They did the Intelligentsia coffee yeah. one. Barrel aged Vlad. Uh, there's the there's a order. handful of um, Hailstorm. I don't know if they're full full time employees or if they're guys that help out when they bottle, but they live here in the neighborhood and they come in here oh, all yeah. the time. A few of them joined our mug club. So we have a bunch of mugs with hailstorm logos <laughs> on the awesome. side of it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot that's of a fun. good group yeah. over there, man. Yeah. The guy the yeah. guy that comes in to craft it and does our signs, like a shout out to Matt Morowski, he's like the greatest guy in the world. He's a freaking insurance salesman and a baseball coach for like seventeen year old boys and he freaking comes in on his free time and does all of our signs for us and makes them like nice, you know. He, he was just saying, like, you know, I never thought, like, a little, like, kid hobby that I had is, like, wanting to be a wannabe artist. I would ever get to use it, you know? We got Vlad on right now. We got, yeah. their, we got non-barrel-aged yeah, Vlad bass on. Vlad. Yeah, on right now. <laughs> it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Great bass stout. But, the, you know, that, that whole crew over there is great. Uh, Brandon Banbury and Steve Miller now, you know, he's been over there for about a year or something. That's, mm-hmm. They're just great dudes in the brewing side. Josh runs the tap room. Like, that whole crew over there is amazing. Joe Oliver and... Uh, Joe, Pat Cleary, like that's a good group of dudes over there. And mm-hmm. I believe one of the very first kegs that they ever brought out was to my house at the Southside Irish Parade Hell party. Yeah. Was it Southside Irish Red? <laughs> their Southside Irish Red beers, like they used to be their best seller. I think it maybe has switched since then, but man, they used to sell a shit ton it's of It's got to be beer. Prairie Madness now, right? No, no. Have you Prairie, had recently? Prairie was big. Prairie oh, was big because they won, that, they won, like, won the gold, gold for it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great, bitter, awesome IPA. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> right? Anytime you can win a gold at one of those things, I don't care if you think it's subjective. Whatever it is, it's Let alone it's a the cool goddamn honor. IPA category. Yeah, that's a pretty cool honor right there. Hey, look mm-hmm. at Chicagoland and, and those IPA Killing categories. Killed and, it. and especially with the Juicy Hazy this year, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Coolest thing at Fobab was watching uh, the Workforce and Brickstone sweep an entire category together while Brandon and Alex were on stage together as part of the guild. <laughs> right, right. I just remember them twirling each other around on the stage. <laughs> they were so excited. They won the fruit beer category, I believe. So Workforce got silver, silver, gold, and then Brickstone got the bronze. And that's pretty cool. Chicago was was strong in the, on that one. And then you had what Alarmist won the Hazy and GABF. Mm-hmm. It's like, like three hundred something beers in there. Don't forget Eris. Yeah, oh, Eris killed it too. Hope, well, Hopewell well, at well, they were was, they were the two. Yeah, yeah right there. That, that yeah. were in the Juicy Hazy. Corridor was in there for one of them. I can't remember if it was the single or the double, and they they won like a, a bronze or something in there. And just. Some incredible beer coming out of this area. What was um, what was the best beer you had at Wakefest? Wakefest? Yeah. Actually, I gotta give I gotta give the nod to the Wakefield. Well, you know what? I've had Angry Angry Chair's uh, German Chocolate Cupcake Stout a couple of times, and uh, we had a customer bring that in. That was that was yeah. on there. So yeah. it was the first beer that we got to the first tent, and man, it was pretty good. But but like I was I was actually really impressed by some of Wakefield's like kind of. You know, not really like their big sought after stuff, but they do like a couple of basic Berliners, but they do a Haterade, which is basically like drinking fruit punch Gatorade in a Berliner form. Um, and then they do it when they called troll, they called it troll so hard. And it was like a bright green, uh, bright green Berliner. It was, it was 
pretty pretty awesome beer, especially because it was like 100 degrees out and you're on black pavement all day. It was yeah, it was th- those were good. And the, but stout wise, they did one called Antique Antique Blue that was really good. And in the Illinois breweries that were there, it was more and microphone, right? I, I spent there? most of my time just sipping on Moore's uh, Coconut City that they did, just yeah. a, a non barrel aged. Big ass coconut, thick ass stout. It yeah. was just, you know, nothing like a thick stout and then a ninety degree, uh, ninety degrees beating on you. No, Illinois breweries were were uh, in full effect there. They they were really well represented, but uh, like yeah, they had like double swirl henna, barrel aged henna there. You know, it was like people were gathering from all over the place, you know, to come try the Chicago beer. Made you feel proud. Made you feel good. Well, where do, where do you think that um, that Chicago is sitting these days in terms of uh, beer cities in the, in this country, or even globally, I, I, I you know, I, I, I got to think one. that <laughs> I, I got to think just by virtue of the, the 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 medals that this area has 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 earned, and and, and some of the other, uh, you know, like well, we, innovative styles that are kind of emerging from here. I, it's we Chicagoland has to be. We have to be right up there with a lot of the other. Older, you know, more well-established cities in the United States now, because we brought a lot from all over the place, and you know, we've got a lot of really experienced brewers here in the in Chicagoland now. So all these great hot hot spots all over the country now too. It's like, and I'm just learning about them from people, or you know, if I'm lucky enough to try them myself. There's like these great pockets and places that maybe you didn't think of. I mean, like Nashville getting a lot of love for like southern grist and bearded iris and that and you indiana now you're going down to indianapolis you can go to 450 is you know everybody everybody wants wants 450 beer now it's yeah. trading like crazy all that yeah. and then you still have like places like sun king down there you know drew and the guys in, yeah, in sun indiana king. man you got you got the sun yeah. king cream ale one of, uh <laughs> just had it it's so great. good so good one of gold at uh gabf what two three years ago maybe yeah, and you got Han- just over the border in Hammond. I mean, there, you got Windmill and Dyer, and you got Three Floyds there. You got you got uh, uh, Drew's crew over in, in Gary and Hammond for 18th Street. It's like there's no shortage of great beer all surrounding us. Uh, you can go up to Wisconsin. You know, there's nothing but great beer up there. It's just all the – you don't ever know. Uh, Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina is one I hear about <laughs> a lot. I've never been out there, but it's like that's a, not a city I would ever think to be like, that's, that's a hot spot for beer, you know. Just the Illinois, the Chicago suburbs. I mean, the suburb. If you don't even count the city, like you don't even count city limits, there's some ridiculous beer being brewed all over yeah. the place. Sorry, I feel like I just stalled us. Come on, no, John, you're the radio no, professional. No, I just, I, 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 I think, I, I just don't think. I just don't travel around all that right, often to, to hit all those new places, so I don't feel that I can really add more <laughs> to what you were saying. So, John, when did you find out that you were going to become the hottest voice on local radio? <laughs> on, uh, share, share with the people. You're not you're not just a, a pretty face anymore. Now you're a, you're a voice of the people. No, I, so Scott Childers, Chicago radio legend Scott Childers. And by the way, my voice is a little rough. I'm not not feeling a hundred percent today, but. Um, you know Scott Childers? You know who he is? You introduced me to him, yeah, he's, but that's about what I, I got. Most that. people in the Chicagoland area. I might have been drinking because I don't remember busy, that. You're but, a busy guy. Um, Scott Childers. I grew up with Scott Childers. I'm listening to him on WLS, yeah. WBBM. He was on Fox Thing in the Morning with Bob Surratt and Marianne Marciano in the 90s. And then he was the chopper traffic guy on WGN. Well, anyway, he's a customer here. He comes in here all the time. And we struck up a friendship. And he also had a friendship at the same time with Chet Brett, who uh, 
who I'm friends the with. The mayor as well. of beer. Mayor of Illinois beer. <laughs> mayor of beer. And he's um, close to me now. Now he's at Tribes. I see him all the time. Yeah. He's out. He's uh, feet on the street right now for Tribes, um, yeah. pounding the pavement. Um, but but Scott Scott asked. Uh, he's always pounding something. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chet. Yeah. Uh, Can't beat him. Scott asked Chet and I to come on his show a few times, and which we did, and we had a lot of fun. And then um, started hanging out with a couple other um, a couple other radio guys at that at uh, this is an Alpha Media uh, group of stations. And then over by, uh, so my, been, by, over by my hometown, there. yeah, yeah, yeah Joliet, in Crest so, Hills area there, yeah. Yeah, so I've been hanging out with the WJOL guys a lot and getting on air a lot, probably more than a I lot. should. You've been on a lot, more talking than I to should. doctors and shit too. Yeah. Yeah, asking like doing real yeah. interviews. When are we starting your podcast? That's what I want to. Know. I don't. I, I'm just happy to be <laughs> yeah. on yours you know once you or time. twice a year. You know you got time, right? Uh, and then, uh, so now, so now when uh, the, the 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 host of the show that I'm on, not every week, but maybe every other week, when he's out of town or on vacation, uh, occasionally he'll ask me to uh, host the show, and then I get to bring all my friends on. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we had. Uh, we had a really really fun time. We had Graham Elliott, local, uh, who's a local guy, national celebrity chef. He came on and co-hosted the show with me. We had Chet on. We had the guys from Frankfurt Spirits on. Uh, we have you had Nick on? Have you brought, well, has Nick brought you on at all? No, no, I haven't been on Nick's show. I feel show. like this would be a good time to just talk a bunch of shit about Nick. No. Let's and, talk a bunch of shit and, about and, um, You should say Nick's. Jack Coose, whatever the fuck his name is. Well, no. his, <laughs> well, his show man. is he's his show man. he's on. He's on the, the river, ninety-five yeah, nine. The right. river. He's the like river. he's like the eleven to three p.m. I think uh, weekly or daily guy. Yeah. And, but plus, he does like a bunch of shit. He calls like minor league hockey and like I don't know a bunch of sports. Sports stuff. guy. Maybe. He's um and he's a St. Xavier graduate, so he has ties to this neighborhood, and he's here mm-hmm. frequently as well. I yeah. know he and a he, great beer guy. He loves a great beer. beer guy. Except he um, doesn't like hot beer, so I was mad at him about that. Promotes yeah. beer a lot on the radio, but no, I haven't been on a show. But when every time I'm on WJOL, he usually sends me a message over Facebook and Talking gives me shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, it tells me that I don't remember know what the your guys' legendary horse game in the back here. At, uh, yeah, and I. <laughs> Yeah, he actually. So, Will, you should know this. He, I won a game of horse. He challenged me to game of horse, mm-hmm. and I won. And oh, the, this is John Brand. And the, oh. um, he owes us a day of uh, cleaning. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Scrub that brewery. shit. Mm-hmm. Explain to him it's ninety percent cleaning. It's mostly a janitorial job. <laughs> Brewing's only a part of a little, little tiny part of it. <laughs> no, so, Nick's a great guy. Yeah. You guys came back after the radio show. You and Graham were here. Mm-hmm. Sitting at the uh, sitting at the bar, and there was a guy delivering food, and I was, at that point, was graining out, and so all I did was just say, just like hi, you know. So John was like, "Hey, do you know Graham?" You know, I was like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey I'm I'm graining out, and I don't know, yeah. whatever. I don't have time to talk to anyone." <laughs> now that was so an amazing experience to be around. A, so. Uh, Graham Elliott, I'm sure most of your listeners know who he is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's your first challenge I'm going to issue you. Because now that you're a big radio star, no, stop I, saying I need that. you to I need you to carry this conversation for five minutes while I go to the bathroom. Can you do it? Yeah, I can Done. do that. But we're gonna right. we're gonna talk about some. I'm gonna. You can talk well, shit about me. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. it's up to you. It's your yeah. airwaves now. All right. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, I, <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> That yeah, it was funny because you guys were sitting there at the bar, and all I had time to do was just say hi. And I went out there, and there was a guy delivering food, and he came past me, and he's like, 
is that guy the top chef? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that is. He's like, no way, really? And he was all fired up. Yeah, he's he's a really nice guy. I don't know if you had a chance to talk. I don't know him. No, now. I didn't. I I just waved as I was graining out. I don't it? know him. I like did not have. That t- well. I did not have time to hang out. Him and his wife have been good customers of ours since uh, since we've opened, and I don't know him in, uh, super well, but d- enough to, um, you know, we'll exchange hang pleasantries. Out at the, hang out at the bar every once in a while. Uh, but what a nice guy! I mean, what a nice guy! A guy that has been so successful in his career, and has now maintained reached this level of celebrity, and hanging out with him is just like hanging out with like us sitting here oh, yeah. shooting the shit and. Um, he joined us on the radio show that day, and uh, we had a great time. We cracked beers in the studio with everyone that came in, and um, it was, you forgot you were on the radio. You forgot that it was live radio, and that, um, and we were just having conversations, and we had a lot of good feedback afterwards. And then what I've been told by some of these guys is the best radio is when you forget you're on the radio and you're just having conversation. Yeah, um, right, right. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about Joe Bobby while he's in the bathroom. What do you uh, what do you think about what he's wearing today? He's uh, very plaid. Is he? Does he remind you if they were doing auditions again for Lord of the Rings? He reminds were, me of a of, of a Portland Brewer. A por- I was going to say a Hobbit, right? Uh, I don't watch that shit. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know what a Hobbit is, right? Kinda. Yeah. Right. So short, uh, high pitched voices. Uh, gets really excitable, waves his arms around a lot, right? <laughs> See, look, what? Look, here he comes. He's walking, right? Kind of look a little bit yeah, like a hobbit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a guy you just... Did, did you, does she put you in a cage every night? Oh, Jesus home, Christ. <laughs> International celebrity John Brand, everyone. <laughs> I go to the bathroom for five minutes. I come back to... I don't know how well we did, held that. But uh, did you, you know did what? You, you should try this. Yeah, um, I was going to say, did we? I hope the whole thing was about his beef jerky. You explained that. Yeah, well, oh. let's talk about it. Oh, hey. This is like your passion, I'm, huh? Uh, one of. Beer's stupid. Beef jerky's <laughs> way better. No, this is the great accompaniment to beer, and that oh, is look jerky. Even, like, one of the f- even so one, popped it up for me. One of the first times I met Will, it was at a, um, thank you very much, it was in an Illinois Craft uh, Brewers Guild meeting, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, and um, I think it was at Workforce. When Brando hosted the Brando, was that a yep. year ago? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yes, it but was. Doesn't matter. But um, picture a room of 200, 200 brewers, a lot of lot of beers. Maybe not the best uh, personal hygiene. I'm already right? aroused. <laughs> right, and there's these bags, these like five pound bags of jerky just being passed around the room, and every <laughs> every brewer bags. hand in the world was just sticking their hand in these bags, mm, eating this beef jerky. 200, 200 brewers. Eating Will Turner's beef. It was the first time. It was uh, Will Turner's beef jerky. Everybody's yeah. hands on Will Turner's and, beef. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I like helped myself. Got to put my meat and out And I there. said, mm-hmm. whoever made this meat, I need to meet. I need to meet this person. <laughs> Get it? I need Get to meet it? this person. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, we use uh, Will's beef jerky here in our Bloody Marys, actually. Did you know that? Uh, no. I'm, this is something I'm unawares of. So tell me more. There we have it. Yeah. So... Um, the right, the government can't come shut you down now, right? Like, Maybe we shouldn't be saying no, that. Yeah. No, because we use a kitchen here. Oh, it's all point. legit. That's right. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, we just uh, marinated overnight with a little bit of open out cry beer, 
little seasoning? Any specific one or just whatever? Depends on the style. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but when did you start doing this? Like, this is something you just picked up randomly or? Oh, my parents used to do this stuff way back when we were little kids. But they used to do it in the in the oven and, like, crack the door and do all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'm probably a good 25 years into the jerky scene as well. So, But I good do the dehydrator. Lord. So, But, hey, come on. When you're at Fobab, when you're at GABF, when you're in Madison, all the people really need... <laughs> to snack on something Dude, because fuck, fuck those and then, pretzel necklaces and I so want a beef jerky necklace hey oh not done with the what the edit that <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's a lot no that's that. a, no that's a lot more work than than I'm uh, willing to provide there but yeah no it it, uh, it always uh, is good to have it's, and it's and damn it's, tasty what's what's the flavor that we it just is had the flavor that you got on that one is garam masala. I don't know what you just and said. So that's an mm-hmm. Indian's Indian spice. That's nice a lot of, spice a lot of different, a lot of different flavors to it, and then it's got a little bit of habanero in it. Okay. And so I use that for heat, and I I get I get the habaneros fresh, and then dehydrate them myself, and then grind them up. So yeah, I have a little bit of heat in there, but yeah. So you really go all out then. I mean, yeah, you're not just throwing random habanero prepackaged spice on there. Like that's legit. Well, <laughs> Buying habanero, drying them out. Grinding well, them yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to spring and summer when we're growing our own I was again. Say, I bet you're growing you your know, own, so aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> right now, we're just yeah, we're doing store bought stuff right now, so that's kind of unfortunate. But so, at what point will we be packaging this stuff and uh, selling it to the people? That's what I want to know. And when can I buy a bag of Will Turner's beef? Turner Turner jerk. I also I also do pork, but but it is affectionately known as pocket jerky. Okay. So and, and I like it. Part of that is because people just grab handfuls, like at the yes. the Brewers Guild meetings and that kind of stuff. And then the next morning they wake up and then they're like, "Oh shit, pocket jerky!" Hey, I get jerky in my pocket. <laughs> I want. I, I, so it has nothing to do with the way it's made. I want to source like a few pounds of it for the next bottle share we have at the shop at Crafted. I want to have a have a plate full of Will Turner's beef jerky. It would complement so well. So well, we, we, uh, I we actually, I've actually done. I was at Sausage Fest. I actually did pairing up at Revolution when we when we had like food and beer pairing kind of stuff. I've I've done pairings with Sausage, sausage Fest was at um, uh, Haymarket, right? That was recent, right? That was is. Haymarket. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, Triptych did uh, beer and and they put it in or they put sausage. Sausage, sausage Fest, and then in parentheses they put in beer. <laughs> sausage Fest, in parentheses beer. That was and, there. And we also, there is also a beer and barbecue event, uh, the old Irving Park beer and barbecue event. Oh, nice. And so that's that's something that I bring for people as well. Yeah, it's funny that you called it uh, pocket pocket uh, jerky because we had a bottle share a couple months back over at, at our shop it was like 40 guys we closed the place down for everybody and everybody brought catering and stuff and you know well, not catering but, but kind of like a potluck you know people brought co- crock pots full of stuff and you know whatever and some people brought 30 racks from uh from white castle whatever you could get to pad the stomach and i was having a conversation with one of our regulars during you know halfway through this bottle share and in the middle of the conversation he reached into his pocket and pulled out a White Castle and just started eating it. <laughs> and it is summer, you know, he had like his cargo shorts on, he reached in there and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, pocket sandwich. 
And I was like, that's not a thing. And he's like, yes, <laughs> that's a, a thing. And he, thing, he looked over his shoulder and he yells, Josh. Josh walks over and he's like, pocket sandwich? And Josh reaches into his pocket. He's like, pocket sandwich. That didn't happen, and I'm really? Just sitting, oh, I'm, I'm just sitting there <laughs> like, I didn't know. I didn't know we could do pocket sandwiches. So now, now I'm into pocket sandwiches. Now I'm into pocket jerky. I think I want to be a part of all that. So I think you got that the next... Uh, the next uh, menu item's got to be pocket jerky. We got to find a way to make that a open outcry staple now. Pocket jerky. <laughs> um, you can I, do it. I have. Um, can we can we switch subjects here? Yeah, yeah I don't care. I don't know where this. I don't know where this ended. This is usually when they. There was no good transition out of beef yeah, jerky. Yeah, these talk. fall off the rails at this mm-hmm. point after it two happens. or three beers. But it happens. I have some questions for you. Actually. Oh Jesus Christ! <clears throat> uh, you have. Um, you have made a transition in your life in the last six months. How, how long has it been since you've um, turned, thrown caution at the wind like yeah. a lot of folks in this industry and quit your, I think you just your hit traditional it. corporate job? I think and, you hit and it at six months. It's I been six I, months. Okay. It's been about six months. I, it, well, it'd be like uh, late June, early July is probably when I made the phone call to John Brand. And uh, I, I called two people that week when, when the offer uh, was made to me to to make a change and I called you and I called Evan Morris uh, the GM over at uh, great Moore great guy yeah, love great the guy, guy. Yep. so I called you guys and had each of you gave me like a good hour of your time and just talked to me and, and asked me questions like okay well, what is this you know what, what does she think about it what is that you know and uh, help talk me through it and yeah well one of the things the reason I brought this up is because I listen to uh, I listen to just about all your podcasts because I think you do a good job and I and I'm always interested in um, what you seem to be interested in when you interview people and that's their stories and their background and why or how they ended up in this industry and um, a lot of these stories are the same they had a they had a passion or uh, a love for beer or making things with their hands and sharing things that they make with other people how and you hit on that with most most of the folks that you you interview uh, how much of that influenced you in all of it, and in, 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 in making the decision, the life-changing yeah. decisions that you've made in the last? Yeah, six months pretty or much so. all of it. That's pretty much the whole basis of it. It's just kind of the doing the show was was inspired by talking to people and uh, in in tap rooms and stuff, and that you know just trying this, to trying to do a podcast, and then doing the podcast eventually led me to all these stories, and then all these stories eventually led me to to go like, all right, you know. Because it wasn't one of those things where, where you know where I would come home every night and be like, God, I fucking hate my job. It wasn't like that. It was you know, I had a, I had a cool job. It was fine. I liked my boss. I liked you know what I was doing. But you liked but, you wanted something else. But I kept thinking to myself like, man, am I going to do this for twenty more years? Like you know, yeah. am I going to do this for twenty five more years? It, it, whatever it's, it is. It's podcasts like yours that folks listen to, and it gives them the the courage and the confidence to be able to make these changes. So, do you now that you're six months into it? It's still a little early, but do you? Yeah. Do you have any well, regrets? Do you, uh, no, are, are no, you not happy at all. No? Not at all. I mean, sometimes I feel bad for my wife just when I'm out too late or like, you know, or the kids when they want me to go to bed with them or something, you know, they want me to put them to bed like that. But, but for the most part, Denver and Dan over at Craft have taken care of me and enough now to where most weekdays I can be home to put them to bed and all that stuff. Or so, so other than that, yeah, it's just harder for, for Shannon when it's like Saturday, you know, Saturday working all night or something like yeah. that's, you know, that's just something she's not used to. She's and now that you're a kind of a, a guy behind, you know, like you're a guy behind the guy or a guy, not a guy behind the guy. I don't know what that meant. A guy behind the scenes. Dude, why you got to call me out like that? I mean, what I meant dudes was, are like, awesome. What can you, I say? You, you're, you're, you know how this, how this industry works and you understand. I don't understand know. That, yeah. I well, know, I know more now. I know this, more. What is, what has been, 
what has surprised you about this industry and what the good and the bad like distribution distribution has been my biggest surprise in what way just it's just weird it's just I'm not I'm not used to it yet I'm just not used to dealing wheeling and dealing and doing doing the thing you know when I because I, I came from the consumer side of beer and and doing this podcast so everything in my brain is idealistic and fun and like god it's fucking everybody's so sweet and awesome and they everybody works together and it's all but at the end of the day, stuff. it's a business. I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, right. I'm just fueled by all these great stories of like yeah, I mean, you're you're one of those stories too. Even probably I don't know, it may have been before we did our podcast or maybe in between the one and the, and the South Side one. I uh, remember you putting up a picture of you at Hailstorm holding up a bag of grains. You know, like like Brandon saved my butt. You know, like, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, those were oats. We were, right, we were brewing yeah. open interest that yeah. guy that day. And you remember this a year ago? There was some issue with getting oats in the midwest i don't know what the hell it was but we couldn't get oats for a week or two so the guys he was down at Rev, he, didn't, he didn't hear about well that. you were they around but oats. the guys that i <laughs> they, they, or they weren't using them started One making them started making a few phone calls and um the guys on hailstorm were like yeah we got we got a whole pallet of it take yeah. what you need so so much so many great up. stories i've seen yeah. you know like I, I didn't have enough yeast to do this i didn't have whatever it was uh yeah just been embraced by the industry so far and and good the good relationships so so now getting into the business side of it it's been kind of a like a i'm getting used to it now starting to get like who i can talk to who makes me feel uncomfortable when i when they come in and who i feel comfortable with when they come in but i'm starting to figure it out now i have more confidence in in you know what works and what doesn't now so my conversations are better you know just naturally if you don't if you don't feel comfortable mentally with a subject it's hard for you to have that conversation back and forth when you know you're working towards a goal and i'm working towards a goal and sometimes those goals don't sync up you know like at the end of the day idealistically you'd like to be like that guy and i i want the same thing but really they want to sell me something and i want to Give, put myself in the best position to buy the right amount or not buy it at all, whatever it is. So, so that part of it's been the big adjustment for me. Everything else is amazing. Like, I I take notes from the people like you who are walking around your own tap room and shaking hands and being involved. And like, there isn't a person that walks through the door I don't try to shake a hand or get to know their name or you know whatever it is because that makes me go back to tap rooms when that happens to me. So I thought in turn like I should do that. Does that answer? I don't it know, does. That answer what, you're, yeah. you're, what is it that you've seen that you don't like about beer? That's <sighs> hard because I like everything about it. I don't like, I don't like quick triggers. I don't like quick triggers. What, uh, what do you mean by that? So, social media quick triggers. Those, that's been the thing that's bothered me the most uh, since since uh, I've gotten more into the beer on both sides of you know doing the podcast for fun, being a beer consumer, and now also actually working in it and ordering it and selling it and. Uh, serving it and all that stuff so so sometimes I, I don't i don't like the boisterous opinionated loud uh you know quick triggered uh you know it's just spreading of of hateful things because i it, it but that's because i have that perspective of seeing people like will and like how like good human beings and work hard on what they're doing it's good to, it's okay to be criticized and it's okay to like take notes and, and that thing but it's not okay to just be like this beer's bullshit this beer sucks you know very rarely is that beer just really suck other than you know it's mostly somebody wants to make a big stand or make a big social media opinion or dump a beer down a sink in a public way to be like oh this is bullshit you know it's that kind of like constant push and pull that i'm seeing from old school to new school like the hype beers versus like the old uh you know thought out crisp light beers like all that kind of push and pull it's fine i think you need both but at the same time i 
I think everything has its place. Maybe I'm just too middle, you know? You know what I mean? I feel like I'm not explaining myself well, but... I understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, but I, I think that there's something as constructive criticism. Right. And I think that's been lost a lot uh, with the modern era of social media. And so, like I was saying... I actually mentioned this before. When I went to a place and I went and got a flight of their beers and I didn't like them, I wouldn't ask to talk to the brewer. Right. I just wouldn't say anything. You know. Right. It's just, and and if there's they, a time and they're, a place, if they're making if they're making something that's good, then you say, "Hey, check this out." So if I went to a place and they had one out of four that was amazing, and the other, you know, the other three were, mm, then I would just say, "Oh." taste this one that brown ale was it was great yeah and it, i don't have to rip on every other beer you know so many just, people are quick just to just be like that was garbage like was it well, garbage or was but it just it's not easy, as good as but the it's one easy that to do like, it's, it, that, that's kind of why i do i try to do the podcast <laughs> in this long format conversation because these quick little points and like you move on like when you're not explaining yourself it's hard to, to really take anything away from it i mean uh, it's something that we don't do anymore. We get everything from a headline now. We get everything from a quick hit, a quick look at our phone, whatever it is. So it, you don't really flesh out these conversations and, and find there, there's no room for nuance anymore. It's either it's good or it's bad. It's black or it's white. It's 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 you know it's ugly or it's beautiful. It's so I think I think these are useful conversations to have and kind of talk through. So I think it should be okay to have a conversation about like specifically let's say a beer that was really hard for me doing the podcast too because i didn't want to offend anybody drinking a beer in front of them and like not liking it but i've also never had one that i drank and like almost choked and wanted to spit it back in their face either you know so i just i'm starting to get more comfortable now to be able to at least talk through some of these these flavors or like what works for me what doesn't I also don't claim to have a very great palate, so it's like, what what does that mean if I don't like your beer? If I say I don't like your beer, I don't want anybody to not go buy it because I said I didn't like it because I don't trust my palate half the time, you know? But the thing is, is that you need to be able to explain what you're tasting. And you can say, I don't like this beer for this reason, or... You know, I think it's a little bit thin. I think it could use more hop character. You can mm-hmm. do things and and be constructive about those things rather than saying, "No, oh, this beer sucks." And mm-hmm. you know, I actually stopped. <laughs> I stopped reading things online because it's hard. It's hard. It's like, to are stop. you kidding me? <laughs> it was, and you can't you can't respond to every person and tell them why what they're saying is wrong or, and I, I'm not I'm not saying. That they're, what they're tasting is not correct. I'm just saying, for you s- to say this is wrong, right. <laughs> you know. And then it's like, oh, I don't have the energy. I don't have yeah. the time to do, to deal with all this stuff. But I mean, I like I said, I'm doing a lot of these recipes for the very first time here, and I know they're not like hitting the mark perfectly for this reason or that reason. And so it's like, all right, next time. I'm bumping the hops up 10%, you know, or, Constant you know, tweaking is what I love about this industry. And there are people that look at it the other way and say, like, they're not consistent enough for me. I'm like, I get that. But, like, you're not dealing with a Budweiser scale here. You're not dealing with, you know, Beachwood well, aged. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I think I think we've been very consistent as to the open interest. You know, that is something we tweaked a little bit. Right. But we've been consistent since we've tweaked that. I think, I think we've been, I've been... 
think we've been good on that. Um, Speculator has hit the mark. You know, we've been good on and consistent once we've, you know, when we've got our base beers, we're, we're, we've been consistent on those. Okay. But for the new stuff, I'm just saying, I've brewed a few things for the first time, and I'm already just like, <laughs> all right. The wheels just, are turning instantly. You know, tweak it just a little oh, bit. Okay. You know. That's a good thing, um, right? I mean, y- yeah, but I, I mean, I don't want someone to say, oh, that beer totally, you know, that totally sucked. It was, you know, too dry or whatever. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, guess what? I've already made those notes. I know what, you know, I know what's going on. I'll make those adjustments. Move so. on from there. And I've been guilty of it, too, from the consumer side, whereas, you know, I might have gone and visited a place the first week or month that it was open and then, you know, judge it based on that eight months right. later. Where it's like, all right, Joe, you, you go back again. Go see what, what's happened. You know, they, there could have been any number of factors that led to maybe you not, you know, being into that style or that beer that day, you know. Uh, go back in eight months and, you know what, I've done it. And been like, oh, shit, yeah, I was wrong. It's just pretty good now. Like, they've developed. You, you need time sometimes, right? Like you, you, you guys didn't have it figured out week one here, right? No. I'm sure you had some decent beers on tap, but there was probably some that you were like, oh, my God, why did we serve that? Like, uh, this experience of starting this place and and going through those those pains of opening up a, a bar. This isn't just for breweries. This is anyone that opens up their own business, especially in bars, restaurants, um, the service industry. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I, before this, I don't know if I had an appropriate amount of empathy for just how hard this is, right? And we've been open a year and a half now, and I still feel like we're tweaking and dialing things in and trying to figure out everything from the way we we staff the floor on a friday night to how we where we place glasses behind the bar there's an infinite number of things that you can do and change and evolve to improve the guests experience and we're trying to make those tweaks and changes every week my point is that to what you said going into a place the first week first month the first six months um you got to give them a second shot after that. Um, if you go back after nine months, two or three times, and nine months, 12 months, it's still not working out for you, then, you know, then don't go back. But yeah, right. going, to a, going to a place in black, I've seen this happen to a lot of brewers that have op- opened up in the last year where, you know, they have their grand opening and then you start reading the comments online and they're just getting blasted. And um, it, it, it makes me cringe a little bit, you know. I mean, you gotta give, you got to give folks some time. Uh, give, give them a few visits before you before you bury them on, on social media. It's I will hard say out there for I him. will say about social media that we, we talked about this for a couple of minutes ago. Uh, I think we can all agree that with technology and the internet, our lives are infinitely better. Yeah, I um, agree with that. And that social media, um, you know, it's a polarizing it's a polarizing topic. But if you're um, if you're in the, if you're in business, social media is is also made our lives better. It allows us to build our brains and tell our stories. And and I I don't um, I don't get I, I've had to learn to do this, but I don't get I've gotten better at not getting too worked up over the comments because when you take a step back and you think about it rationally and you think about the infinite number of positive comments and feedback you get, right? It's I don't think people are necessarily meaner or um, less cordial or less polite than they were before social media i just think that it amplifies those voices that were always negative and always 
mean and yeah. not nice to people and it provided those folks a platform and it just feels like it's, it's more shelter and a platform it feels like it's more well, but i don't really think it is i, th- I think that well, if you look I, at the numbers it's totally like a hundred out of a million usually you know it's, well, it's, a, it's <coughs> let's a, say brewery x does nothing. a bottle release and you know there's a hundred comments on a post and 99 or 95 of those comments are wow this beer was great they did a good job but I think human nature is we focus on those two or three comments where somebody just shits all over it. Keep you up, yeah. That's no different than how people talked or how people treated other people before social media. I think it just exposes uh, some of the assholes that we have in in our world, you know, and it amplifies their voice. Um, So I, it 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 took me a long. It took it's taken me every bit of the 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 year and a half or so that we've been open to get comfortable with that because I lost a lot of I lost a lot of fucking sleep at the beginning reading those fucking comments. But you did. Well, there's also a difference between a beer that's not good because there are some off flavors and a beer that misses the style somewhat. So yeah, if you're tasting something and it's full of diacetyl, yeah. Feel free to say, yeah, there's a lot of diacetyl on that. Somebody fucked but, up. Yeah. But yeah, so, but that's different than saying a beer sucks because it could be a little bit, you know, hoppier. Yeah. It could be a little more, you know, it's a sour, but it's not acidic enough for me or whatever. Not enough is. vanilla bean in this one. No, <laughs> <you know. laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, I hate to like sit on the negative side of things. But yeah, it's, it's a... It's a world that um, has its has its negatives, but at at the same time, like like you said, it's it's it feels like more than it actually is. I think you know it, it can hit you like that. And I've had brewers tell me you know like losing sleep, and you know if I read it at night, it's a nightmare. If I read it in the morning, I'm fine. I can get yeah. up and go do my thing, and I don't yeah. think about it anymore. But yeah. you know, <laughs> reading it at the wrong time, and I know a lot of them just subscribe to like I just don't even look at it anymore. But a lot of small breweries, it's like it's their QC program. Because what else? You are still you have do? to look at it. Because Will's right. Let's say you have a beer that's out there, and and you're seeing the word diacetyl a handful of times in some comments. Yeah. yeah. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You probably should yeah. take a step back and go and, and go do some um, uh, some some sampling of your beer. Just see what um, happened, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, it, in you guys, I mean, just to just to pivot a little bit, like that first year, um, and I don't know if you. Uh, are looking to do this scheduled or you're just tasting through and seeing when they're good. But you guys had a lot of success with your first barrel age release uh, with the Dark Pool series. Three, three, right? Or you did three right off the bat at the uh, same time or no? I think that's right. Yeah, it's is that it felt three? like three. That sounds right. Know, like yeah. A couple of variants on it. But you guys really hit. And then even like the, 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 the is it barrel age, that one that's on right now? The Metropolis it coffee is. one? It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It, it's outstanding. That's not always the case, you know, like uh, your first barrel age run. So do you have plans coming up soon for more bottle release type stuff or like just kind of these journeyman barrels sit right here on the floor so yeah i think i think we need to um uh we need to give a shout out to will gobieski because yeah. a lot of these beers in these barrels are beers that he brewed about nine to twelve months ago uh when will started we've taken a few of those those beers out and will's will turner has done some amazing things with adjuncts like this beer for example we partnered with metropolis uh the coffee roaster on the north side, and um, I wish I could get Lindsay's attention now because I want to drink. I wanna well, drink I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll <laughs> get you some. But uh, Will Kidding. Turner, the way this beer was adjunct, and and watching Will's approach to adjuncting this beer and how he did it was a learning experience for me. And uh, this beer in particular, I think, is a 
you're never going to see this again. He had Gobieski brew it and then Turner Ad Junket. Yeah, it's it. kind of crazy. And it's it's a really interesting. It's a it's a fun beer for me personally. It's a fun beer to drink because I have such good still have a good relationship with Gobieski, and I feel like we're still benefiting from the work he did here. And now we got you know this well, guy right, and um, that torch was passed. And to drink this beer, it's like I'm experiencing like it's both these guys that contributed uh-huh. to this thing. Um, but we're going to continue the barrel program, and I'll, I'll let you talk about that and what our plans are for, for that. I'll go get you another. You want a dark pool? Yeah, a I'll little five ounce or a little small Will, one. Will, you that. want one too? He wants one speculator. speculator. Yeah, okay. I'll be right back. It's I'm time for the, the speculator. <laughs> oh, there's Lindsay right No, but there. I was going <laughs> to. No, I was okay. going to say, I, I would also like to give a shout out to Will. Will G. Because. Will G. Because. because I did not brew New England IPAs and milkshake IPAs and right. that kind of stuff before. So he definitely laid a good foundation so that I could come in and, and continue to brew those styles. And I'm not a huge fan. Of, I'm not a milkshake IPA fan at all. <laughs> um, I think the lactose edition and... Uh, is it, the fla- is it the flavor of it? Is it the is it the feel of it, or is it the stomach? Some the of the mouthfeel. It's some of the concept of the less beery it tastes, the uh-huh. better it is. The more it tastes like fruit and <laughs> sweetness, vanilla. The better it yeah. is. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, open interest. You know, I've I've enjoyed brewing that, and yeah, he he definitely laid a good foundation for me to take over those styles. So, is it so? So it's something that like you knew you knew when when you decided that this was going to be a thing for you coming to Open Outcry. You you knew that you were going to probably have to get onto those styles then. Oh, absolutely! Like I said, if it's something that that works and has worked for this place, and people are drinking and enjoying, then yeah, absolutely. Continue to brew them. And, you know, we've made some tweaks to the recipes just to make sure that just to make sure that the uh, Lewis Winthorpe is definitely different from the open interest and, you know, and then the Dodd Franks are, you know, all different, okay. you know, and just like making sure that we've got all the hops that we need, you know, and there's like, yeah, just. Yeah, so that definition between between them, so they're not really overlapping so much. But so, what's your definition then for for like open interest when you taste like off the bat? Not even just open interest, but like your 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 normal kind of double dry hopped hazy IPA in this current market. Like when you when you taste those, like you're like, what is your ideal look on it? Like, I would take those kind of standard ones now and maybe do what? Like, do you prefer it to be a little less turbid or a little less, you know, a little more of this, a little more of that, like a little more bite to it versus the kind of juicy, easy drinking? We just, we took the uh, IBUs down a little bit on on the open interest. interest. And it was one of those things that he enjoyed, he enjoyed it, having that bitterness. But when you, when you are actually looking at um, some of the, you know, style-wise, um, you're not supposed to have that perceived bitterness quite so much. It, it could be, you know, IBUs could be high, but perceived bitterness would be on the lower side. And so just tweak that a little bit. 
So are you are you looking at it from the lens of what you would do with it, or are you looking at it from the lens of trying to follow style guidelines? I'm looking at style guidelines. Okay. So is that more? Because I'm not a huge I'm you? not a huge fan right. of those so of you those styles. So to that if part I'm of if it. I'm going if I'm going to be brewing those styles of beer, then yeah, I'm looking at right. What are the style guidelines? And what are we looking at for IBU targets? What are we looking at, you know, for all that kind of stuff? Um, starting gravities, alcohol, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Okay. So the styles that I'm not really familiar with, I'm just kind of looking at, you know, GABF, uh, okay. World Beer Cup guidelines, guidelines, and all that kind of stuff, and then trying to brew that. So I did, I did cut back on the IBUs quite a bit on the open interest. So for you uh, personally, what do you like? Uh, what, what are the styles you're most excited about getting into the tanks and, and, and your recipes coming up? I mean, what's actually in the tanks now? Like, which, which, which are those kind of exciting to you? Well, we have our that Irish, Irish style dry stout. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. So I, we have... Thank you for the beer, sir. Yes, sir. So, no. Smell that coffee. Yeah, so looking at um, Southside Irish Parade coming up, so we had to have our our Irish style dry stout, and because it's ready to go right now, we're gonna put put the first one out, um, and I'm gonna brew it again tomorrow so that we have plenty keep it rolling to get through to get mm-hmm. through the Southside Parade. Yeah, St. Patty's Day brings them out in the Southside, doesn't it? But that's 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 one of the things that I truly enjoyed about my time out in England is when people call you know when it would be a strong ale out there it would only be five point three percent. So Low I ABD. really appreciated the way they could get a lot of flavor out of lower alcohol beers. So that has shaped my old man brewing, I guess. <laughs> Your old man brewing. Um, but at the same time the same thing that you guys were talking about before you know it's nice nice when you can go in and find someone to do a nice crisp pilsner or one of the lighter styles and if you can do one of the lighter styles nice and clean you know you can do a lot of those other it shows me that styles. you might you might have some uh, some skill set to to succeed at other styles as well right um, what about you, John? What, what what gets you passionate and excited about about that's that's going in the tanks? Like, do you ever look at like what what is brew list is coming up, and you're like, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to get that. I can't wait to touch that one. What's um, what's been uh, a, a nice element that's been added to our beer portfolio with with Will Turner starting is this um, this balance between some more progressive styles, right? Like continuing our open interest and. Lewis Winthorpe uh, brew days and uh, the milkshake IPAs, our Dodd Frank series, and he's done a dark. I think you did a dark pool the, the second or third week you were here, right? So continuing those, but then um, oh, it's in that giant right. barrel yeah. sitting right next to us. <laughs> One eight nineteen. It's a knob, this is a thirteen-year Knob Creek barrel that we got from. Oh some, shit! Yeah, that we got some from some friends of ours that drove down to Central Indiana, bought the barrel from Knob Creek. Knob Creek, it was a single barrel. Um, apparently, Knob Creek's got the steel where you can buy a single barrel, a couple thousand bucks. They bottle all those, they bottle yes. them for you, and Sounds then they right. let you take the barrel with you. They brought it back They brought it back from Indianapolis on their way back into Chicago, stopped here, dropped it off, 
and we filled it fresh with dump. dark pool. Fresh yeah, dump. it was perfect. It was the it was it was a perfectly executed barrel fill. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, to answer your question, uh, all those styles that uh, you know we've been brewing since we've opened, and then you know Will um, brings some of the more traditional styles that I also like very much. Like we did an ESB. You did an just ESB. about to say I just thought ESB. That was my first thought. Right. You did an ESB. ESB last month and it was go- it was a gorgeous beer. It was fucking gorgeous. It was delicious and we put it on nitro and um, it brought folks in here that hadn't come before because they chased things like ESBs and um, I had a couple people say they were going to go here for the ESB. Yeah, I, had, I um, ran into a couple friends that were like, "I got to go try that ESB." And it's it's cool to see look up your look up at a beer menu and see a milkshake IPA and the beer next to it. Then is um, um, you know a, a, an Irish a traditional Irish dry style on nitro. That's where right? my happy place lies. I mean, you know, because I'm I, I like the new stuff. I like the goofy shit. I like the overly done things like milkshakes and all that. But but I also like to be able, like you said, to look down that menu and be like, I can also go back to this, you know. Like I have a, yeah. I have a net once my stomach is upset after all the all the sweet shit that I'm drinking and you know adjuncted whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to have that kind of like you know like you started talking about sours again. Like I'd be happy to see some sours alongside an ESB, alongside a pilsner yeah. and a cream ale, and then a, and then a hazy IPA and a milkshake and a, and a big ass adjuncted barrel aged stout, you know. Yeah, with it. I mean, we do you, like, do you like do you like smoked beers? I don't. You know what? I, I don't like to say I don't like anything. I just like to say that I haven't found it yet. I haven't found the one that that, that I do like yet. You know, I'm gonna, offer, I'm gonna offer up one of those too. I've tried a few of those at some point. I see a lot of people are doing them too. I know uh, it, it, it's. I just don't think I found one yet. You know, it, there's one out there. I'm sure because I know at one, I know at one point I didn't like sours at all either, and then I found one, and then you know, I didn't like a lot of things, and then I found one. You know? So eventually, I will run into one that I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is how they're supposed to be done. Yeah. I mean, what did, what what happened with with you guys? I mean, didn't you have beer like styles that you weren't sure of, and then you had like one that just kind of said, oh, okay. Oh, the first time I had a rock beer, it was with my mom out in Switzerland when I was like 16. Well, that sounds and way better. We just then. yeah, we just cracked like a Kaiserdom rock beer, and. It was horrible. And then looked at Michael Jackson's book and it said, you know, some some people say that, you know, two or three uh, pictures must be consumed before you acquire a taste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Hey, I don't know. yeah, I'm not acquiring I've a tried taste. it a number of times. I don't know if this makes me a bad person, but I've not had a rock beer that I, rock beer that yeah. I like. I haven't hit one yet. I don't know if that makes me horrible. I've had some really here. bad ones given to me by people and couple of homebrewers that I was like oh shit yeah yeah no that's not good but I get like an ashtray feel out of some of them yeah you drink them oh yeah 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 you get but that's just one of those beer styles that you really need to have that malt base there to have the balance you know and we were talking about some of the jerky stuff before you know it's like if you just have pure heat that does nothing you need to have right. some balance. You need to have some sweetness up front and have a balance. So, yeah, it. I, I've balance done a few. I've done a few. I've done a few different styles of base beer, and yeah, I, I I like I like smoked beer. I mean, I actually was able to drink. Uh, we had a an Oktoberfest party, and we were actually drinking the liters. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> we didn't think you wouldn't think that you'd be able to do that. Yeah, a liter of it. 
We were just like, hey, uh, Rock Beer's like, getting yeah, after it. Right. <laughs> it's not speculator. That's yeah, for, for, sure. me, for me, it was a Berliner. I, had a, I remember having a Berliner for the first time, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was 12 oh years ago, Luke. 13 years ago. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but now, um, now they're refreshing. It's a nice palate changer. I enjoy, I enjoy a I well-done Berliner. Yeah. Berliner. Um, a little light fruit on it, too, is nice. I mean, I don't mind. But even yeah, it's just like, like squeezing a little lemon in your water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, something like that. Um, I don't want to pivot like too hard on us, but but I feel like pivot. you know t- two hours in, in I, wanna, I, I I have been meaning to ask like what let's let's go go into a little more detail on the on the courtship of W I L Turner, <laughs> man like what what happened here like how did we. I mean, we're not. Nobody's gonna get in trouble, right? Like, there's no like contracts violated. Like, <laughs> just, just, uh, it just worked out. I mean, you're just coming in here drinking, or he's like looking around. Where's Lindsay? <laughs> Lindsay did it. It's her fault. Well, she she was a huge part of that. So we're 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 very good friends, and she, you know, once she left uh, Horse Thief, and then she came and started working over here. Uh, she really started to talk about how awesome it was and how happy she was and working with John was great. And so she, you know, she mentioned all that stuff to me and was like, well, I'm, I'm looking for a transition. And so, yeah. That's it? It can't be that Easy. simple, it, right? It, Just uh, so, yeah, Lindsay Landing, who made an appearance earlier yeah, in the show. The best. She's our general manager here. And I think I talked about her again when we... When we did the first show, yeah, first podcast last year, yeah. she's fantastic, and she's been in this industry her entire life, whereas I had not, and uh, she has saved my ass so many goddamn times. <laughs> I could see it. Uh, and <clears throat> Will, I remember, so I knew who Will was uh, for years, just because you know I had been a fanboy in this industry in Chicago beer for a long time, and I knew who he was. Then never I really lived my life. Never really formally met him, and then I remember. Aww, f- I remember. Thanks. F- <coughs> I remember a few weeks after we opened, um, you came in and you were sampling the beer, and Will Gobieski and I were in the back, and I were, and um, I was like, "Oh fuck, let's 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 get him back here. Let's have him drink some of our beers, and let's get some feedback from him." And I I remember thinking, "Fuck, I hope he likes the beer. I hope he likes the <laughs> fucking beer. I hope he likes the beer." Um, he didn't like it. <laughs> but we got to know we got to know each other a little bit, um, mainly through Lindsay, because Lindsay and Will have been good friends for a long time, and uh, Lindsay and Will's wife Deb are are really good friends. So just Will and and Deb coming in here on the weekends and hanging out, I got to I got to know the Turners very well. Great, 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 great people. Um, what I what I've learned and what I like most about working with Will is just is I mean he's. You ask anybody in this industry, and he's a great fucking guy, right? People talk more about how great of a guy he is as, a, as, as people, much as we'll they do see. about his beer. <laughs> I uh, love his beef jerky. Late fall, <clears throat> you know, Will Gobieski, uh, who did amazing things for us, started to talk about maybe not, maybe he wanted to transition into a different industry, and uh, him and I chatted long. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about it, and there was other things he wanted to do. So I said, okay, cool, man. Thank Thank you for being honest with me. Stick with me here. Help me through this transition because I got to, you know, I got to, we got to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, bro, no problem. Right. Well, well, I- I'm here. And so we figure it out. Um, I'll help, you know, I'll give you my opinion on who, who I think we should bring in here. And 
uh, he, he, he gave me time. And there was a few folks I was talking to in the industry, and Will was, Will was one of them. Obviously, uh, Will was our first choice. Frankly, I, I, you know, I, uh, I didn't think that we really had much of a chance of yeah. trying to compel or convince yeah. Will to come here. But we got lucky. I think um, your relationship with Lindsay certainly was a good segue. And um, you live here. You're on the south side. Your 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 kids your kids are getting a little bit older. And I, I don't know why I'm speaking for you, but no, I th- but I think I think. I think all these like all these things kind of came together, and it all just was luck and happenstance. And I, I will say, I'm just I'm I'm so happy that he's here and he's uh, he's part of this experience that Lindsay and I are having and trying to grow and grow this brewery and provide and make really good beer and and, and grow this brand and to have will will join us. It's just it's been a, it's been a fucking treat, man. I mean, I, I I wake up every day and I just like I feel so happy with how, how 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 this team here is coming together and these people that are working here i have a, I, I just feel i feel so lucky for that and having yeah. having will here it's just been it's been great yeah and timing is everything really so everything seemed to come together nicely so the the combination of of moving to a brewery who's looking to grow a little bit being on the south side being closer to family all that kind of stuff yeah, I mean, just uh, the the moment um, that I found out that you were coming here, when John called me, was like moments. Th- those are like the moments, and I've had a few of them now where, I'm like, man, doing this podcast thing was like the best, smartest thing I've ever done. You know, because I was so excited because he was so excited when he called me about it, and like, like I, I nothing, and and would usually, I mean, even pretty much anything, I say if like John Brand's doing it, it's probably not a bad idea. Like it's probably not the worst idea in the <laughs> world. You know, uh, but but he was so pumped about it when he called. I was just like, yeah, this is cool. It felt good to me that like I've. I found my way into the industry in some little tiny pocket enough to where I get a call when something cool like this is happening. So I was jazzed about it when you were coming over. Uh, And I knew you had credentials behind you and all that. And I was asking him questions when he called me. And I was like, but what do you think that's going to do? You know, like, on one hand, you're looking at this kind of current style. Like, and Will maybe brings this more old school focus. You know, I'm just asking a bunch of random questions. You know, and he's just... The confidence that he had that what he was doing was the right thing was like awesome. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of guy you know anybody would want to work for. First of all, you know, and just be a part of a team like this. So, uh, we're, I'm happy to have you here. Honestly, wow, thank you. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I had someone take over for me at a well-established place. We we won three golds and a silver in oatmeal stout category at GABF over six years, Crazy. and we had someone take over for me and and they basically said oh we're not going to brew any of the old beers you know just like in honor of you guys we're not going to brew we're not going to brew any of the old old beers um and it's like wait that doesn't make any sense whatsoever so it's like from from that point on like whenever i take over at a new place and there's something established if they're doing good stuff you do it mm-hmm. and that's the tribute to the to the old brewers yeah you find you know, a way to make it's it not your just own like, but it's also not like stay it's with not like oh doing. we're scrapping yeah. everything and starting you know i'm, I'm i want to you know i want my name on the uh, i want my name on this stuff mm-hmm. so yes no you continue to brew the good stuff 
I was a little surprised with um, how much anxiety there was with some of our really, really good customers that had really come to enjoy the beers that Will Gobieski was brewing. And um, I had to assure them that that those beers, those beers that, that Will did a really, really great job of, of brewing and establishing that, that Will Turner was going to come in and, 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 pick, and carry the torch with those. But you're also going to see a whole different angle and uh, approach to the rest of the beer portfolio and that you should be excited about that and that and that's that's what's happened so far open interest speculator dark pool dodd frank lewis winthorpe big board all these beers that in the year and a half the short period of time that we've been open that we get really good feedback on uh we're continuing to brew those and uh brew them well and uh and now we're layering in things like esbs and scotch ales pretty cool and, and uh, dry stouts. And, this, yeah, this Irish stout's going to be cool to see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make a lot of people happy on, on the right time of the year too. Um, when when will Mister Thorpe be making Winthorpe be making his uh, presence? We though? were just talking about that yesterday. Seen him in a while. I just harvested the yeast today. Look at that. Be brewing it at the end of the week. Look at that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, I mean, is there anything you guys want to cover before before we sign off and, and say say goodbye? I mean, that the the whole, the courtship, the love affair. I mean, I feel like you guys kind of kind of just gave a little insight on it. I don't know. I feel like there was maybe more more uh, back and forth to it. Like, I mean, was it, how really. long did it take? Like, one, once you guys both figured out maybe there was interest. Like, how long did it take to be like done? Let's go. Like, was it? A lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings. Oh, he took, me of out, took me out to dinner a couple times. <laughs> He's a sweetheart. Look at that. Where did he take you? Red Lobster? <laughs> the Sizzler? No, I, it, it, it felt... No, no. Southside Pizza. Right. The, uh, we went to um, Nick and Vito's a few times. Was it Vito and Nick or Nick and Vito's? I'm hor- I'm a Southsider and I can't, I can't even get this straight. Oh, the shit. Don't, oh, okay. don't put him in that. Anyway, no. we went a few times. It, it went pretty quick. It just felt It just felt good. It felt right. You know, it... it, it it felt like a no-brainer, at least for obviously for me. I don't for him. I yeah, I don't know about him. I think he yeah. probably still leaves and sleep over. Yeah, it. a lot of lot of foot massages and. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a Tampa connection? I feel like you had a Buccaneers gear on last time I saw you too. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and what what might that Tampa That's connection weird. be? It, no, it's just that my grandparents uh, lived down in Tampa, so I was growing up in L.A. And they sent me stuff when the Buccaneers started up in 76 oh, man, and said, crazy. hey, we have a new football team. Got orange and cream sickle stuff all oh, over yeah. your, all over oh, your yeah, childhood. I do. <laughs> I do. That's hilarious. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I swear you had a Buccaneers sweatshirt on last time I saw you, uh, last week probably. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah. I wonder if well, he's got some sort yeah, of a Tampa yeah. connection. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to um, color coordinate as well. So. Oh. Yeah, that's that's part of the thing. Keeping it loose, keeping it comfy. Joe Bobby, who's still looking for? I'm still looking for my gold pants. Oh, you know that I can wear with my with my open outcry stuff. You can get you some (laughs) puffy. You need to get this guy some puffy vests. That's the thing. No puffy vest. No No, puffy vest. That's only a John Brand thing. That's a John Brand thing. Got to be a certain kind of man to sport that the right way. The whole part. I only wear them because I'm getting really uh, since this place is opened and I've been eating wood fired pizza every day for the last year and a half. I'm trying to cover some shit up. I'm fucking fat. Like so your, the puffy vest your helps. Your man girdle. <laughs> it's my man <laughs> and girdle. Beer. That's exactly what it <laughs> is. It's, it's, man it's my, man's, my man girl security your blanket. Your man's ear. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. Who do you have coming up? Who are you interviewing? Dude, next? you know what? I, I, if you, you know, let's talk about me. Why not? It's all about me. Mm-hmm. It um, is all about I, you, yeah. man. So, so. I think I think I was telling my wife the other day because uh, like when I first <laughs> when I first started doing the podcast, you remember like I was going three three a week. I was trying to put in, you know, it was too much, and I was just putting out content. And I was anybody. Wait, are, we, are we talking about your wife or your podcast? The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> the podcast. The podcast. Let's be very clear. The podcast. Uh, yeah. So so I was kind of like anybody who would say yes when I was starting. I was like, I will come to you as soon as you're ready. You know, like I'll be there. So I was going through them, and then you know we we had a couple conversations at home. Was like, hey, maybe maybe we'll slow down a little bit on this. You know, you're working a full time job doing the podcast. So then I slowed down a little bit, and then I I just went through a streak of I did like three podcasts in like three months, where I was doing like three in a week for a while there. So so right now, uh, yesterday I did Wolfden. Like I said, I put that out last night. I was so so jazzed about about the the, the episode. So uh, the, you guys, I'll put out you know in the next six days or so i'll try to give wolfton some time to breathe and then we'll put this one out but then this week i mean you're gonna love this uh i got i've got uh a brew day podcast i'm doing for pink boots so oh fun international women's day is next week yeah we're doing uh, emily's coming to crafted to do a little mini tap takeover and do an international women's day uh, celebration we're doing uh we're doing a um a a staff photo this evening actually for all the for all the women for all the women that work here um uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a nice little photo shoot for them because yeah. um, um, we got we got some great people working here. Put some pints look, in their hands; it'll make them we're smile. Put pints in their hands. We just look for ways to try to get these folks in front of cameras and get them credit for all the work they're doing here. So yeah, you guys got a killer killer yeah, folks. And and Rev, you know, doing the spirit of revolt. Yeah. Oh yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. So that was that was we had that uh, on tap this week actually. That, 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 that was, was a recipe that I took an old like that amber colored double IPA or that I helped develop last year. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Candy so, looks great. It was yeah. We did a little rev thing last week. We had uh, Spirit of Revolt on and a few others. We did Antihero five dollar pints and uh, did some some love for Rev. Rev's been helping us out with some like bingo swag and stuff. Or not bingo, uh, doing a trivia swag and stuff like that. So we've been putting them on tap quite a bit. Yeah, that was fun to have all the all the women come in and brew with us last year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I think there's 12 or so of them coming to Skeleton Key, you know, and Emily and and, and uh, the crew down there. They they just they just do a great job with, with just being active in the community. She teaches beer, you know. She lives beer. She incubates young beer. You She's know? a director on the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild now. That's that's coming up on the fifth. I'll have the Craft Brewers Guild, so it'll be Danielle, uh, Alex Lovingood, and um, Al- Danielle, Alex Lovingood, and Kevin Carey will all be on uh, with the Brewers Guild. So that's going to be on the fifth. I got the Pink Boots thing on Sunday, um, and then I got the uh, eighth. I'll be going to Mars, going to Bridgeport, and doing uh, doing Ed and um, and Tom over at Mars. So I went from nothing to like a lot. The John, I listened quick. to the John Bitterman show recently. <laughs> that was Bitterman's that was a lot of fun. John's story is great. Yesterday, okay. I was at Wolfton. I sent him a picture, and he and he doesn't say like, "Oh, cool." He says, uh, "Is the glass for sale? <laughs> I will pick you one up." Like, that's the John Bitterman way. I I gotta believe he's got some real beef with you because you don't have glassware. That's gonna piss him off to no end that you've been open for a year and a half. When I do see him, he gives me shit for it. But he should. 
But uh, we or, we actually ordered glassware this Stop week. Stop it. Brand new glassware yeah. this week. Yeah. Just wait till I'm going to tell Bitterman. I'm going to tell him. For, fast forward to two hours and 18 yeah. minutes. And and set, we're setting one aside for him. He will cry when he when he sees it, I'm sure. It's a 10-ounce snifter glass with her logo on the side. Ooh, baby. It's pretty. Lindsay, gotta, Lindsay designed it, actually. Of course she did. Why wouldn't she? Got to get one of those metallic Sharpies, and I'll sign it for him. Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Yeah, he, he's a great did, dude. Um the barrel episode you did, Mike, that uh, was strong. Mike, uh, I learned from Pipeworks. a lot. I learned a, I learned a lot listening to. I, that. I was going to transition to that when you were talking about watching him adjunct. Yeah, I was just thinking about that stout and coffee, and he just like, he just had, I got the glazed look while he was talking to me about coffee and like degassing it. And there was a ton of technical like, knowledge that came out of that episode. Loved, I learned a lot listening loved to that. Him. Yeah. Not to mention he walked me around the barrel house after that and pulled nails out of shit and let me drink whatever I wanted. He was doing like on-the-spot mixtures for me and all that. I was like, this is cool. This is one of the better beer experiences I've ever had. Again, another one of those moments where I was like, this is a good idea to start this podcast. So it was my my first time in the Goose uh, Barrel House for Fobab weekend when they had their um, their kickoff party. Yeah. And I've told the story to a few people. I, first time I walked in there, and then you walk through the front, you go down the hallway, and then it opens up into the warehouse. And um, I got emotional. It, <laughs> it's kind of like, cool, right? Holy shit. I'd never the, the way the place smelled and all those barrels, it was like I got... Just smell like vanilla rye. I felt, <laughs> I felt my, my eyes were watering a little bit. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It is, it is incredible. If, if, if you haven't been in this place... You have to. Do they open that to the public? Can you go in there? Or? Well, you know, last year, two years ago, maybe they, maybe they it was last tours? year they did a uh, they did an event in that barrel house with, and they had Chris Chelios and like Paul Coffey come in for the Hawks Red Wings game or something. Okay. And you could go in there and pay like a hundred bucks for the ticket and hang on, you know, just meet them and watch the game on TV, which I thought was a really cool idea. Will, do you know if you can you? Do tours there? Do you know? He's like, I'm no. a brew pub guy. I don't give a fuck. It's, no. it's amazing. It's an amazing place. If did you, you see what we did a couple, last weekend or two weekends ago with the Bourbon County? We we had 21 savage human beings find a way to, to procure multiple bottles of every single variant of Bourbon County from 2010 to 2018. I saw the picture. And yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was, yeah. it was insane. So everybody got two ounces of beer. Uh, yeah, every single one, 2010 on, all just just the variants. It was insane. I, I, I never had like OG Rare or like uh, you know some of the some of the older ones, and it was it was I a still treat. Have some Night Stalker from the very first. Good Ooh. lord! I remember that. Jesus! Yeah, I, I was astonished. I, I've never seen a bunch of degenerates work harder together. I mean, there were spreadsheets involved. There was one of our guys is a bourbon aficionado, and he came through and like the late, late the the the. Uh, the tenth hour or whatever, you know, like to, to get. He ended up trading three bottles of bourbon to get the three missing bottles we had. You know, we we needed the, for the, the, the palate complete share. The palate fatigue in that bottle share has uh, to, it can't be. Uh, no, but no. How, so how do you even? 2010, you, 2010 to 2014 were like what we were really there for. I think was for everybody. It was. Did you have kinda, a favorite? Yeah, OG Rare was pretty insane for being a ten-year-old beer. Uh, Pappy 23 barrel. It was it was pretty ridiculous how it held up. I, I think OG Vanilla blew me away. Just the fact that the vanilla was still so goddamn present there. I thought you know 
for sure have just been been lost on you. But I had to tap out at like 2016 because I told the wife I'd be home by 10. So I'm like, you know what? If I, if I, I'm like, I'll, I can still readily pretty much get 2017 and on. Like if I need to try it, the only one I had never had and I still haven't had is the this year's reserve. That's the only one I have never tried. So it was, it was pretty incredible. Like backyard rye was outstanding. VR was outstanding. The props from 13 and 14 all tasted great. Like, yeah, Goose does some good stuff. And I still have some of the Matilda that was recalled because of lacto. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 what about the 2015? Uh, 2015 Bourbon counties that were all infected. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, well, the Regal no. Rye was awesome. That was there. We had that there. And, uh, I didn't work there at that point. Uh, yeah, so. right. That was long. That was after your time. <laughs> that was your rev days then, right? How much were you involved in the Deepwood series, too? I mean, yeah. Not so much. Not so much. Didn't have to deal with too much of that. That's a crazy series too. Like, did you? Does uh, what's it's Justin Deeth, right? Is that his name, Justin Deeth? No, Josh. Josh, Josh Deeth. There it is, Josh. Josh Deeth. Is yeah, he, Josh. Is he involved there much, or is he just kind of? Oh, absolutely. Like, is he, yeah. Like, more business side at this point, or is he still? He does a little bit of everything. Okay. If he's he, always a guy I'd like to get on the podcast, but you know, I I, I don't expect. He's him an to impressive be like, yeah, guy. Sure. I've, I've chatted with him once or twice. He's an impressive guy. Yeah. You should talk you, if you can get him. I'd love to. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to get to him is more of the problem. But no, he'd be somebody fascinating to talk to. I feel like, but never know. I might be building that up in my head because well, the Deepwood series is such and, a. And he's definitely one of those guys on the legislative side of things. You know, he he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like I sidetracked us at the end here. I you just did. wanted to give you guys a good, you know, a, a healthy. A uh, yeah, I threw a curveball on that. The Bourbon County share threw me off. I think. <laughs> So, anything you guys want to want to add before we before we sign it off? I'll just say thanks for coming. It's oh. always a pleasure seeing oh, you. Thank you guys for doing it's it. A pleasure yeah. seeing you always. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun coming here. Woodfire Pizza, beer. Keep doing what you're doing to yeah. promote uh, Chicago and Illinois beer. You do a good job I'm of trying, it. Trying, man. I like thank it. You. I like the scene. I like the people in it. That's the thing. So it's 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 fine. It's good doing this. You know, it's good to do this, and, and it's an outlet for me. But it's more like an education. I hope. Or the, whoever bothers to download it and listen to it and just kind of, you know, like I said, have a real conversation and not just trying to take take your impression of a person or a brewer or an owner or something from like a quick hello or seeing them in the tap room. Like, I like people to get to know them because I know I prefer to drink beer from people that I, I've had some sort of contact with. It makes me go to that tap room more than I would the other one when I have that kind of personal relationship. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Well, yeah, the only thing I'll say last uh, to end this thing is your—I I have noticed that your beard has gotten a little unruly. It's pretty gross. Quit, it's pretty since gross. Since you quit the corporate job, but it's got like a like a Joe Dirt type, uh, like a like a patchy, <laughs> a patchy white trashy kind of feel to it. Yeah, you need. A, you need I'm, a mullet. I'm okay with it though. You, need a you know what the sure. weird thing is? The wife do, the wife doesn't like me to shave it now. She used to hate when I didn't shave, and now she likes me to have it, have the beard. I think she's messing with me, John. Uh, I think she's messing with we, me. And we can swear on this thing. Yeah, right? yeah. You can I did learn. That. You know, this is actually. I'm gonna give Lindsay credit for this too. My, you know, you know what she was pointing out? Guys coming in the tap room with uh, mustaches and beards this week. Yeah. She'd go up to him and say, "Hey, nice, nice dick duster." Ooh, so, I like that. We call it the cookie duster. Actually, <laughs> I like the cookie duster. It's a little more PG. The cookie duster. 
Um, uh, uh, the dirt squirrel is the one I like. The dirt, oh. the dirt squirrel right here. Oh. It just lives right above the lip. Flavor <laughs> saver. <The> flavor saver. <laughs> yeah. There's so many good ones out there. Well, dudes, well, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> thanks for coming down and giving us this opportunity to talk with everyone out there. I feel like I won here. I feel like the opportunity was mine, so I appreciate you guys sitting down and talking to me. Um, yeah, so cheers. Cheers to you guys. Cheers, buddy. Really Thank you. Pretend, here, I'll pretend clank it. I don't have anything in my glass. Oh, my ding, God. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, we're, ding. yeah, we're empty on that. <laughs> all right, cheers, so, guys. Yeah, but, what? yeah, for all your listeners, come down, give me positive feedback. All of it. <laughs> just, just positive, though. Don't you dare say anything bad about his beer. No. He will murder you. No. no. Uh oh. Oh, I thought we were I thought we were still going. I thought he was about to say something else. <laughs> All right, guys. Cheers. All right, buddy, thank you. All right, we're out of here. <laughs>